Welcome to Four Guys in a Comic. Please welcome your royal court, Red, Rusty, Tap, and Nova. Take a leap down the rabbit hole and welcome special guest, Daniel Leister. Welcome everyone to another edition of Four Guys in a Comic. This is Tap, and with me today I have my three cohorts, Rusty, Red, and Nova. But also, for the interview section, we have a very special guest, someone that I'm personally really excited about, uh, Mr. Daniel Leister. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, so, huh. I actually met you um, about a month or so ago at Kansas City Planet Comic Con. Kansas, yeah. Yes. And, Kansas uh, is a really good show, yeah. It was. It was a fun time. Um, and when I had initially met you, I wasn't I wasn't very familiar with your work, and so you, you and me kind of talked a little bit, and you told me all about Wonderland and those series. And So I went back to my hotel room that night, read the first trade of Beyond Wonderland, came back, and was like, this is amazing! <laughs> Since then, I have actually now read all the Wonderlands that I can get my hands on. There's a lot, I know. There is. Yeah. There's a lot of one-shots and minis and stuff in there. I've read all the three main trades and then a bunch of littler stuff too along the way mm-hmm. and i've also started reading a handful of hack slash so, fantastic it's awesome stuff and i've discussed wonderland numerous times in the podcast over the last month as well and talked about your art specifically thank you so much appreciate so, it so it was a pleasure meeting you and like I said, your art is just phenomenal i've really enjoyed it i've got the other guys looking at it now and they're kind of yeah this is you know good so <laughs> thank um, you so much thank you yeah uh, so besides that, what all, obviously Hackslash, the Wonderland series, what else have you done? Like if, for those of you that may not know who you are, what else have you done? Those are the majority of the, of the work that I've done. When I started out, um, I did a book called The Sire with a friend of mine. Or, uh, hang on. That, that's not true. I started on a book like years and years ago. Uh, do you guys, do you guys do the Rosemont uh, Wizard World show? In I Chicago? I have not been there yet, no. I've done the Wizard World, World shows, but not the one in Chicago. The one in Chicago used to be just one of the just the coolest, most laid-back shows. And they did a – Marvel did a contest to win, win a contest to draw Wolverine or something like that. And my friend Ryan Bodenheim and I entered, and we kind of knew Mike Martz, the editor at the time, for it. And so we kind of – had been talking to him a little bit and showed got to show him our stuff like one on one instead of waiting in like the giant line, and uh, he, he ended up getting first place and I get a second place and then so he had a some work at Marvel and then Mike handed me off to Darren Sanchez who had an independent company called After Hours Press and I did a really small book called um, Celestial Alliance for him that he wrote and then through that i got another book by a guy who darren worked for called um named mike mara mike dolce who worked at wizard at the time as well called the sire and i did a couple issues that for him and then when we would go to the cons and um promote the book and then while we were promoting the book i met raven gregory who wrote uh, Wonderland and then shortly somewhere in there um, the artist for Wonderland Richard Bonk I believe uh, had some life stuff going on he just couldn't he couldn't uh, continue with the book at the time and Raven called me up and said dude you want do you want a book 
And I was like, mm, yes. <laughs> so I, I had like a job at a call center that I was in training for and hated every second of it. And I was sitting there in one of the training classes just thinking about, like I had this uh, money coming in from one book I had done that no one will ever see. And then this other book that the Wonderland series, which was at least six issues long. So that's about six months worth of work. And I was like, I could either half-ass it and do it after work or just quit my job and go full hog into it. And I was like, you know what? That's not even a choice. So I wasn't married at the time. No kids. It's like, go. And my girlfriend, who was now my wife at the time, wasn't happy about it. But uh, I have never looked back after that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So I, I have to ask this because you have a very unique art style, I, I would have to say. Um, what you. inspired you to start drawing in the first place? I don't know. I always kind of drew a lot when I was a kid. I We moved around a lot, a little bit. So I didn't have a ton of friends and I was kind of a reclusive little, didn't really talk very much to it. Didn't really talk much to anybody. So I just kept to myself and drew and just did my own thing. Um, in terms of the style, it's still, I still don't know. It's still kind of working itself out, it feels like. it's There's like J. Scott Campbell, some Michael Turner. Uh, right now, I'm like everybody else influenced by Sean Gordon Murphy. Um, I, I'm really trying to just try a lot of different things and see what sticks and what doesn't stick. Yeah, I could definitely see the uh, Michael Turner-esque. Um, there's just a sharpness to everything. Mm, yeah. Uh, and and the, the aesthetic appeal of all the characters and just how, um, just in general, I, I think also uh, you're, are you inking and coloring your own books or just mm-hmm. penciling? Okay, yeah, because that as well was really uh, giving me a Michael Turner feel. Now, um, yeah. you've done a lot of work with uh, Xenoscope mainly. Uh, what keeps you going back there? Do they just keep bringing you opportunities, or do you, you love that universe? Um, I mean, the Wonderland universe, when first brought it to me, and, and it's just a horror version of Wonderland, that's, that's just a, a total world to play with, which is, which is really fun. I, ha- I haven't been back to Wonderland too much. I've done a couple of covers in the past year or so, um, a little bit for Wonderland, but mostly for some of their other titles. But yeah, just just playing in that in that playground is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I've noticed most of your books have that horror horror element to yes. them. I, Take, can't get, exactly I can't get away. Yeah. From taking it. something, <laughs> some taking something so clean and getting that horror into it is uh, it's it's great. It's a great concept. I think we all love it. The four of us, anyway. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of anything horror, supernatural, like that kind of thing. Those are definitely up my alley. So the fact that I discovered Hack Slash and the Wonderland series as late as I did is kind of disappointing, but I'm glad I found it. I've read tons of it since. So, did you have a chance to read any Hack Slash? Yeah, yep. I'm. Uh, I did some of the Image Hack Slash, not the Devil's Do. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. found like the early stuff, but I found some of the the Image stuff. Uh, yeah, all you that, need to do is get those those huge trades, the the omnibus, and that's everything. Yeah, I think I'm, I might actually do that here pretty soon. So I just sold some things, so I'm like, oh, no time to buy some new stuff. So I think I might do that. But, uh, 
Yeah, no, so five I, books worth. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm I'm a big big fan of it. And so I know when we were talking in Kansas City, you had also said that you're currently working on an upcoming project, creator owned project. Uh, Actually, I'm working on a bunch of stuff, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I well, the one I was aware of was Werewolf Run. That was one of them. Um, I I've been working on that for almost eight years, just kind of on the back burner. Like if I'm waiting for something, or if I just want to warm up, I'll I'll warm up on that. Um, and we were going to do a Kickstarter for it in May to publish because I have two issues done, and there's just it's a four issue miniseries. Um, but I was working one of the books that I was getting paid to do, uh, Lord of Gore mm-hmm. got picked up by devil's do. And they're going to be doing a Kickstarter to publish that in August, I think. So my Kickstarter for werewolf got pushed back to October, which is awesome because then it'll just go through October and end on Halloween. So I, I think it worked out perfectly. Yeah. You can't ask for anything better. Yeah. So so right now the main thing I'm working on is Lord of Gore for Devil's Doom. So what can you tell us about Lord of Gore? Because I actually remember you handed me one of the flyers for it while I was there too. Um, you handed yeah, me we did, we Werewolf didn't... Run and Lord of Gore. Yeah, in we were just down in Heroes, uh, I think a week or two ago, and we got the um, – shoot, I don't know if I have any with me. Um, basically the, the, the printed version of this uh, – the retailer's version of this that is a handout that we're going to give to retailers to, cause it's a very new concept and it, there's no very recognizable characters or anything. It's basically just a, it's a slasher story set within the slasher movie industry. It's a really fun story. This screenwriter for the movie, um, the movie series Lord of Gore, which is the most famous slasher film of all time, uh, is given a videotape with basically a, a snuff film. And the footage from that was used in one of the movies. So he's got to decide whether or not to use the videotape, turn it into the police and do the right thing and possibly get killed by the bad guys or blackmail people, further his career and possibly get killed by the bad guys. So. So either way, he has the potential to get killed by bad guys. <laughs> He's probably going to get screwed up one way or another. But it, it's it's just a very fun horror drama, you know, within the industry of the within the slasher industry. It's really fun. And when is that one due to come out? We're supposed to be doing the Kickstarter in August, and the actual book should the first issue should, if everything goes well, should come out in October. Oh, perfect! And then <laughs> in October, Werewolf comes out. Yes. Yep, the Kickstarter for Werewolf. And I'm actually... I don't know if you can see it. Ooh, oh, wow. Oh, that is Very fantastic. Nice. Awesome. For so those that are listening to audio and can't see it, you guys are missing out. That's why I'm showing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak preview. Yes. Trust so us, that, it looks that, great. I can actually probably send you the first issue of that, guys, if, if you'd like to be like to see that one, because that one's totally finished. I would be in heaven if you that did. Oh, yeah, definitely. That would make yeah. my day. Yeah, um, sure. So, in regards to Kickstarter, obviously a lot of people, when they do Kickstarters, they have, like, you know, donate $5, get this, donate $100, get this. Um, do you guys have anything like, like, milestones, I guess you could say, where if people donated so much, like, what they could potentially receive, or... <laughs> For, for Lord of Gore or... Uh, either or. Yeah, no, either or. 
I don't know. Uh, Josh and his team are working on the Lord of Gore one. They've been just the fact that they put together this uh, the preview book, which looks awesome. Just just the work that they've been doing uh, for an unknown book has has been very very pleasing. I, I've really enjoyed working with them. Um, and they've been getting me to shows that I normally wouldn't go to, like Kansas City. I, I, I'd never heard of before. And they said, come out, come out. And I was like, okay. And it was a great show and helped promote the book. And then I don't know what they're going to have set up with the Kickstarter. Uh, but uh, we'll probably be talking about that within the next month or so. But uh, Werewolf mostly trying to keep it. As, as easy as possible because it's mostly just me and then I hired someone to give me a hand to, to kind of handle everything while I keep working. Um, I got a, a few like high tiers of like um, like commissions and signed prints and individual prints and um, I haven't quite put together, like we're still far enough out where we're still putting everything together. So I haven't quite come down with it, like, this is what we're going to have list to list to everything that's going to be on the Kickstarter. But there should be some nice stuff in there to uh, incentivize, 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 I don't know. Yeah, whatever that word is. (laughs) The incentive. (laughs) You know what you mean. Incentive, right. To give incentive. There should be a lot of fun stuff on there. Well, I will definitely be helping out whatever I can do for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, mostly the first two issues are done. And it's one of those dream projects that I've always kind of, I've always wanted to write and draw my own book. And I was kind of one day just like, you know what? Just start. Just start doing it. I don't care how long it takes. Just start doing it because no one's going to pay you to do your own stuff for a while, at least. So it took eight years. But yeah, I mean, I've, I wrote the four issue miniseries, gave it to a couple of friends to read over. They gave me some really good notes, uh, did some editing and stuff and uh, just started drawing it. And, um, sorry, it's like storming really bad here. You guys hear yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so give it gives the podcast a little bit of mood. <laughs> you said an ambiance. Ambiance. But yeah, it's just something I've been working on for such a long time where I'm, even if the Kickstarter doesn't go, I'm going to find somehow to finish it. Um, that's issue three right there. And like issue two is being lettered right now. So I could probably almost give you guys issue one and two if you want to check those out. Yes. Um, but, sure. any, but, but the Kickstarter is a way to be able to really concentrate on it for like two months and just just finish it and get it done and then hopefully get it printed out really nice and get it out there in people's hands do you have like a company that you're thinking about like going through to like publish it or is it i'm not sure yet this is gonna be like a learning experience i i'm not sure i was just gonna ask you showed us that original page which i guess sort of means that you're a a pencil and paper kind of guy is there a specific reason you didn't switch over to digital do you prefer the can't afford a fucking (laughs) 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 sorry Sorry, is it right if i curse just a little bit it's okay yeah it's no problem (laughs) um I've been trying to do the digital, like I have a Surface Pro that I use to do my layouts and thumbnails on, which is fantastic. Um, I I just haven't yet been able. Hey, Red, how's it going? You popped on there. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I just haven't been able to get the final uh, feel for the the, uh, the 
digital the final work yet i i just just hadn't quite gotten gotten yeah. to to where it feels right yet okay okay fair enough and uh i guess i've got a follow-up question too i mean horror in comics doesn't work the way horror does in film where you can just sort of build up the suspense and then there's a sound or something right you got to sort of make something gruesome or uh... mm, it's usually the page breaks and stuff like that like you know when you have when you have the if you if you follow the page breaks to where like you know left right left right and at the end of the last panel on the right page that's like your you got like a second or two before yeah, like oh yeah. my goodness and then you got to split the page so if you if you do it right there's there's definitely some tension that you can work on in the story so it doesn't when when it comes to sounds and effects and things like that absolutely yeah it's totally different but yeah. i i think if you catch someone ah, i remember reading what is it the creep show book that Bernie Wrights and Drew scared the piss out of me. My my parents had to take that thing away from me when I was a kid. <laughs> um, did you guys ever read that? I don't. No, I think no. I might have thumbed through it, but I only ever read it. No, yeah. uh, I've there, seen there was uh, the creep show the movie, but that, that's a yeah. okay. It's basically the same exact thing. Do you remember yeah. the crate? The crate? Yeah. Yes. The werewolf run is is very loosely based on part of that. That that story scared the sh- shit out of me. And, <laughs> Just stuff like that. Just images that you just sit there and stare at them and freak yourself out for a while. I don't know. Just because you're alone in your room doing nothing, just looking at comic books. Okay. Well, I got That's something it. for you then. Since we're on the subject of horror, what is Daniel's top five horror movies, books, Ooh, or comics? Good one. Ooh, it's tough. There's a lot of good stuff recently. I don't think I've read enough comics to give you a good horror comics list because I just have a few that really hit me in the face and I was like that scared the shit out of me and others I don't know I just don't just don't read enough uh, movies in no particular order I mean American Werewolf in London obviously um, The Thing John Carpenter's The Thing The Descent that was awesome See now, see now you're putting pressures me on, on, right? I know you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> the original Exorcist was still yes, really good. that's my number uh, one. I, I I don't care what people say about it. It's, it's still just the mood of it is so spooky. Yep. Trying to think of one more. I got the top of my head. I know since my son was born, we had to put all our movies away because he kept taking them out and throwing them all over the place. (laughs) So I don't have anything to go to. Um, I'm just trying to think of the one that just got me. Alien. Okay. Alien. Alien's a good one. Yeah, that that was pretty freaky. I didn't see that. I kept yeah. expecting to hear The Shining, but The Shining was really creepy. But it yes. didn't really scare the shit out of me. It, it was it was creepy and very moody. Yes, Tony. <laughs> not not even Tony. Just when 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 Jack was going nuts and he started seeing stuff in the hotel. 
and he walked into the the big ballroom and everything was there and he started dancing i was like that's kind of creepy yeah and he just starts talking to the bartender and you know he's just sitting there by himself like he's he's not there anymore No, The Exorcist is still one that I can't watch by myself in the dark. Like, I gotta have lights on. Like, it's just, The Exorcist still freaks me out. I'm 34, and The Exorcist still freaks me out. Like, I can't. One, one that we just watched, I, I've been watching, usually in in, uh, in October, my wife and I try to watch a Halloween, uh, a horror movie at night. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but we try to watch as many as we can. Yep. We just watched one called Housebound. I think it was a New Zealand film. That was really, really good. I was surprised. Uh, should look it up. If you guys haven't had a chance to look at that one, it's on Netflix. It's really, really good. A lot of fun. We'll check that one out, Rusty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we will. Perfect. Well, what would you say kind of, uh, I guess... You know, you. How long have you been drawing professionally? I think I read online somewhere it's been like nine, ten years, something like that. Is that right? Ten years. Um, ten. Yeah, just just hit my ten in April. Awesome. Well, congratulations on ten years. Thank you. Um. So I guess what you know you said before you kind of, you know, you kind of just secluded yourself and just started drawing and you just kind of always drew. Now, have you ever gone to school for art before, or are you completely self-taught? Uh, I went to Ohio State for, you know, I have Bachelor of Fine Arts there, but for the most part, it's just teaching yourself, talking to other guys, getting as much information as you can, when it, when it comes to comic books especially. Yeah, so that's a quick answer. It's really simple. All right. <laughs> so what is in your pull list right now? You said you don't get to read a lot, but for what you have gotten to read lately, what would you say is in your or your short list or your short box? Let's see what I've been recently. I read Justin Jordan and Kyle, I'm going to say his last name, Ron Stratham, the spread through image. Oh, yeah. Just read that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. I read a little bit of the Manhattan Projects by Hickman. Hickman, yeah. Just read a couple of those. But yeah, I just haven't been able to read anything. Most. Most of my reading has been Dr. Seuss recently. <laughs> just reading my son. When I'm and, when I'm not with him, I'm just working and just haven't had time to read. And is um is the Manhattan Project's artist Bodenheim, is that your friend? No. Uh oh, okay. That is Nick I can't pronounce his last name. Penatera Panacea. Uh Ryan does work with uh Hickman on I think he's on the dying and the dead right now. Oh, him. okay, okay. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I'd seen that name with uh, with Hickman writing on one of the image titles. Wasn't sure. Yeah, he's he's done some projects with Hickman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was coming to add to your pull list, Outcast. If you like the horror stuff, if you haven't read any of that yet, is that the one that they had the the TV show on yeah, right now? Cinemax. Yep. yep. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they made a TV show out of it, but obviously the comics way better than the show. But the show's still pretty good. Can we can we talk about that real quick and preacher? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Now I don't want to step on anybody's toes or anything, but have you guys have you guys seen the show? Oh, oh yeah, yes. oh yeah, yes. every episode. Seen them all, the episodes. All right, go ahead. How is it? How is it? I actually enjoy uh, it. It's different than the book, but yes, they have to. They don't have a choice. It's like The Walking Dead. It's different from the book. Still. A, a, decent show they have to deviate from the book somewhat in order to be able to tell the story 
because I have a feeling because the book was only what sixty eight issues, something like that. Seventy issues about that. Yeah. So if they're you know obviously when they're creating a show, they don't want to create just like a one or two season show. They want to create you know a show that's gonna like The Walking Dead. It's gonna be around for several seasons, hopefully. With that being said, you only have seventy issues to work with. You're gonna have to deviate a little bit and kind of. You know. Well, technically, if you did, like, one season for each story arc, that would be fine. Yeah. That would be seven That would be seven story arcs. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But then again, if you look at, like, Outcast, the first, the pilot episode was all based off of one issue. You could also do mm-hmm. one issue, one comic. But you exactly. also have Kirkman exactly. working on Outcast, though, whereas you don't have, you know, the creators of Preacher Ennis. working on... Yeah, you don't have Ennis working on Preacher. You have I, Seth Rogen I, and... Uh, Adam McKay or whatever his name is doing Outcast. Uh, Preacher. Uh, they're they're actually writing that or? Uh, yeah, they're like I don't know if they're writing or if they are just executive producing. I know like they are like the creators behind the show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I don't know if they're actually writing. I know they're like executive producing and like they help get the show off the ground and whatnot. I don't know, because that's, uh, Preacher's just, I have a special plate in my heart for that. That's like one of the last ones I was really able to get into. And like, you know, Steve Dillon, Garth Ennis, Glenn Fabry, and just just get into the whole mythos of the whole book. And uh, my friend Ryan and I just read the crap out of that and went back and forth. And especially being artists, we have a very specific idea of what it should be. So when we saw the commercials, we like, I can't watch that. I feel like it's just like it's, it deviates so far from what we have in our heads that it's just not and something we can. Yes, I can definitely see that. Um, the one thing, though, that I always kind of tell myself, and this goes for all the movies out there, too, is that I, I came to the conclusion and the understanding long ago that the movie verse slash TV verse is very different from the comic verse. I, I, and, I try to keep telling myself that, but it's tough for yeah, the stuff that you love. It took a while, but I finally got myself to that point because if I didn't, I was never going to be able to appreciate the movies anything. or anything else. They, so I really had to kind of force myself to say, okay, this is a different universe. Just just accept the damn thing, you know? And once I did, I kind of got past that. I've been able to enjoy the shows and the movies and things way more because I mm-hmm. understand that it's different. Yeah. No, that's the exact same thing with me. I'm, I mean, I'm a big Marvel nut, but I go to the movies and stuff, and I'm nitpicking at every little thing, and I find myself doing that more than just enjoying the movie, where I'll get, like, later on, I'll watch it a second time at home or something, and I'll actually just sit back and relax, and I guess I'll enjoy it, but mm-hmm. I still have my moments where I'm sitting there, I'm like, that's wrong. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I, I, every show, I just can't. I just haven't gotten to that point yet. I just look at it, it's like, no, this isn't even close to the comic. Never mind. It's, uh, it's tough because especially if you read those things and you get just these images in your head, you get the story and it starts playing out in your head. And then when you see it translated and it's nowhere near what you have in your head, you're like, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, that's like I know I know Red really hates Walking Dead for that fact, just because he loves the Walking Dead so much. Oh. And when he watches the show, he just can't bear himself to to not feel like he's being well, that, disrespected as well as a fan yeah. of the comic. And, and then and then I'll talk to somebody in the chat room. Say they're like, "Oh my god, I just love the Walking Dead. It's the greatest TV show on earth." And I was like, "Well, have you read the books?" Well, I'm not going to waste my time reading a comic book when I can watch the TV show. I'm just like, "Oh my god." Uh-huh. <laughs> No, that's, that's that's like somebody who says they're not going to watch a movie because it has subtitles. 
If you give it a chance, Preacher is enjoyable. It's it's definitely it's deviated from the books, but it's still enjoyable. Like the cast that they got, um, I think it's Dominic Cooper. Is his name Dominic? I think it's Dominic Cooper or Dominic West, something like that. Uh, he's fantastic. I think it's Jesse Custer. Um, mm-hmm. And then the guy, the actor, I don't remember his name, but the guy that they got to play Cassidy, he's just a riot. Like he's a lot of fun to to watch on screen. So. I think they did a good job with the makeup and everything for our space. Yes, they did a really good job on the makeup for our space. Yeah, I probably, I think it's been several years since I've actually even looked at the comic book. So if I give it a little more time, I'll be able to come at it from a fresh eye or fresh perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I recommend it. It was good. So Dan, I was going to ask you, you know, you do a lot of the horror books and stuff like that. If you were to do something outside of that genre, what would you be interested in doing? I actually have one story I've been writing for a while. Uh, sci-fi. I've been doing a lot of sci-fi stuff, writing-wise. Uh, I have this one psychedelic romantic comedy space adventure I've been working on, which I don't think will ever find a publisher because it's just a little too crazy. And it's it's basically my love letter to Heavy Metal magazine and the movie. Where I'll probably end up, being, I'll probably end up having to do a uh, web comic or something like that, where it just uh, just <laughs> it's that. <laughs> do you guys see that? Just I don't know, just crazy. There we go. <laughs> but I have that, and then some other stories that I like to tell. Um, yeah, I I have been really really based in horror for a very long time. I'm not just sort of worked out that way. Um, but yeah, I would like to step out into some other thriller and sci-fi stuff. It would be a lot of fun. This may seem like a random question, but uh, have you ever read Hellboy? All that mm-hmm. stuff? Yes. Um, sorry, I just figured uh, just based on the kind of work you do that you would also be a fan of uh, BPRD. Like and, oh yeah, BPRD and stuff like that. Yeah, Guy Davis's stuff, his... He makes me so mad. His scribbles are so gorgeous. I don't know how it does it, but he, just the designs for everything is just so much fun. Now, I, I've based on some of your artwork, um, you get some pretty gruesome things going based on what uh, you know, either Tim Seeley or whoever else makes you draw. Uh, what what's it like to sort of? Do you look for places to inspire you to draw like? Um, a werewolf tearing someone apart or is that just something you've always sort of uh that something came naturally to you i don't know i don't want to make you come off as a um crazy guy or anything it It depends um when i first started werewolf i did a couple of werewolf sketches i could not draw a werewolf for the light it just looked like a weird little blob monster and so i had to to go through and I made this little Bible for myself uh, of just wolves, and I started just just ripping them, ripping them to pieces, and say, "This is what a wolf looks like, and this is what they do when they do this and this." And and hopefully, I've gotten a little bit better. Um, I one of the other things I've realized is that I'm kind of lazy, and that I. If when you're when you're just going 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 trying to get the deadline done, you'll 
I won't look at reference for some reason when all you have to do is turn around. Oh, oh buddy. Getting <laughs> uh, a little bit heavy over here. Um, all I have to do is turn around and Google whatever reference I could possibly need. If I need somebody's intestines coming out of their stomach to say intestines and there they are in front of me. So it's, it's not really anything that I have to make up. It's just, it's all right there. there you know? Very cool. I don't know if that makes me sick or not. But... <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure, I'm sure Googling those things isn't too pleasant. Uh, there, there are some things that aren't the happiest images, but I try to look at them from a art artist standpoint, which I, it kind of works and it kind of doesn't. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, does anybody else have any other questions? Oh, I guess no. not. I'm, awesome. Um, I'm all covered. Well, thank you, Daniel, for coming on the show. It's greatly appreciated. Like I said, I'm a big, big fan of yours now. I discussed yeah. your work on the show a, a handful of times. No problem, anytime. So, I would to, love to come back on in October. Oh, most definitely. We would love to have you on. <laughs> everyone so that was dan and now you know what time it is we're going into reviews you've heard the music guys what all have y'all gotten into this week or in the past week lots of rebirth oh. but i know everyone's oh, yeah? sick of it i know everyone's sick of me and nova <laughs> talking about it so yeah. but yeah lot, lots and lots of rebirth and all i gotta say is it's really good uh go pick up every title seriously Seriously, Batman. Batman I, I'm just gonna talk about Batman number two because that shit was un- <laughs> unbelievable. It was so good, so good. I don't know what it was. Like what it really was. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was, but Tom King was just like Grant Morrison's Batman is one of my favorites. And as I was reading this, just everything about it reminded me of Grant Morrison's Batman. Just put a huge smile on my face. Um, it, it's just I'm so excited. This is gonna be. A really just a, a legendary run i can tell i just you know, can't you wait Go- till they start talking about who the hell gotham and gotham girl yeah, are that'll, that's that'll what be i'm exciting. waiting for i mean you had this wicked wicked scene with solomon grundy at the start where they're both like struggling to fight him and they're like superman sort of they're kind of like superman yes. and then batman just comes in one punch takes him oh! down it was so sweet um just just bringing the pain and then you had like this like james bond scene oh it was so cool Yes. It was just, it was perfect in every way. And there's even a little, there's a room now in, in the Wayne Manor called uh, the Morrison Room, which I thought was nice. And just, you can tell Tom King's influence was um, was Grant Morrison, which means I just love Tom King even more. So that was that. If if you're going to have to choose one, uh, one Rebirth series, I'd say go with Batman, um, especially if you like Grant Flash. Morrison's Batman. <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> no but they're <laughs> they are really they're seriously all good i mean it's it's hard to choose even superman was really good the whole the whole father son thing uh, i'm loving it i'm digging it it's really uh really well done yes it is very cool all right so i've been aside from that stuff um i've been reading a lot of old school jla uh which Nobody was going to hear about because everybody's probably read it. But um, Wayward, 
by uh, Jim Zub is uh, something I've been actually picked up this week thanks to. Uh, Racer actually told me that I should check it out, that I'd probably enjoy it, because me and him kind of enjoy the same type of uh, indie books, and he was 100% correct. Uh, Wayward's really interesting. Um, it's an image title, so Red, you should read it. Um, <laughs> for, for those that don't know, uh, what got me into it was I read a review that basically said it's... Uh, it's uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in Japan. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting because, you know, I love Buffy and that sort of stuff. So um, basically it's just a girl uh, who her dad lives in Ireland and she moves away from her dad. Her mom lives in Japan. She moves to Japan, starts living with her mom. And as soon as she gets there, she starts having like these weird uh, visions and whatnot of uh, like these looks like ribbon, I guess you could say. And uh, she ends up meeting these other interesting characters who also have different kinds of powers. Like, one guy has to basically eat souls in order to nourish himself, but he also gains powers from it. Um, another girl is basically a cat and does all sorts of cool stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting, the characters that they meet along the way. But uh, they have to battle these, like, ancient... Uh, enemies and whatnot and uh, the cool thing about it is is that a lot of it is based in japanese folklore um which is pretty interesting so if you find that kind of stuff interesting there's always little side notes in the end of the book and whatnot that talk about like this monster was you know from this folklore this was this and uh it truly does feel like i've personally never been to japan but i know a lot of friends that have and uh from what i understand and what i've been told this book it's not like they're like, oh, we're just going to set it and call it Japan. Like, it has the real, true feel of Tokyo. Um, so I think they did a really good job, and I'm excited to actually talk to, to Jim about it when we do interview him and uh, see if he's traveled there extensively because it has a lot of Japanese influence to it, which is pretty cool. So go check it out. It's called Wayward, Ongoing Series Through Image. There you go. There's my review. Is that short enough, Rusty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what do you got, Rusty? Okay. So, you know me. I'm the Marvel guy, right? Well, I don't, I'm not talking about Marvel this week. What? Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rusty read something other than Marvel. I did. And Tap read something other than DC. <laughs> I, I always do. I read tons of Image. <laughs> but... Okay, so a little something from IDW, and um, I watched the show, okay, when I was younger. I watched reruns of it on TV, but it may be a Tales from the Crypt knockoff, but it's not Tales from uh, the Crypt. It is Tales from the Dark Side, dun- and every time I read this, yeah, every time I read the title of this, I just think of it in the narrator's voice, and even on the front page... It's like, uh, step out of the warm, sunlit world you think of as reality and get ready to take a chilling walk on the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think of the music playing in my head. And that was the whole gimmick behind this. I saw it on the shelf, and I was like, all right, I'm into the show. Let's give the comic a try. And it's supposed to be adaptations of, I guess, unreleased episodes. Okay. So... Um, this one is actually by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez from Lock and Key. Ooh, I love that team. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, 
I mean, right then and there, I knew that it was probably going to be a good read. Just right on the front of the cover, it says that right at the top. And um, this issue is actually called Sleepwalker. And so each issue isn't going to be, you know, followed up by, like, the same thing. Like, next issue is already another two-part arc. So it's just going to be kept being different series and different stories. And even by issue... I think that they might start changing up a uh, creative team here too and soon. I mean, I can't imagine that they're just going to keep doing the same team making different ones. I mean, you know what I mean? They could, though. It seems like it's, it's only Hill's four amazing. issues. What is it? It's only going to be four issues. Really? I thought it was. I was hoping it yep. would be longer. That's a bummer to hear, Nova. A lot of oh, the um, IDW adaptations like that are usually just like mini series, like Batman, uh, TMNT, and stuff. It's just little short series. But IDW does a lot of that stuff that's really cool. Well, getting into this, it starts out with a guy who's a lifeguard named Ziggy, okay? And um, he talks about how he, like, grew up and he's been pretty well off all his life, but as a cool gig to get away, he's always been a lifeguard. And in his town, that's like one of the coolest things to be or whatever, you know? And he's like half, he's like, says that 98% of the time, being a lifeguard is just looking good. The other 2% is actually saving someone. But the mistake he makes in this is that in high school, he almost failed an English class. And as a punishment or a blackmail, you could say, uh, his teacher said that he needed to work with this girl, Madeline, uh, doing a special project because she was trying to get into a theater school. Well, he totally takes it up on it. Otherwise, he's going to have to not be able to graduate high school. So he takes her up on it, and she gets into it, and they actually become really, really good friends, and he actually gains an interest in theater. Well, she gets into the school and moves away, right? And so she's on a trip. And while she's gone and stuff, he decides to start partying it up. He's like the big man, the big lifeguard. So he goes through, and it shows a bunch of scenes of him being all boozed up and drugs and everything else. And um, it makes him sleepy. And like I said, this issue is called The Sleepwalker. So the big mistake he makes is, like I said, 2% of the time he's watching someone making sure they don't drown. He falls asleep, and that's what he filled up his other 2%. And during that time he was asleep, a woman dies. And, like, her husband's in the water and is like, you didn't help me, or you didn't help her, you didn't make an attempt. What were you doing, you know? And um, they go to court, and his uh, mom hires some big wig lawyer, and he gets out of it, basically. Even though, because the coroner says that even if he got to her in time, she had, like, some problem in her chest that she didn't drown. She was, like, having, like, a heart attack, basically, or something. And he still sits there and thinks of his mind, like, he's guilty. He's like, well, if I was awake, I could have maybe responded and did CPR and saved her or something. But instead, I was asleep and I wasn't there. Anyways, so he has this horrific time. Uh, and his life is, like, in a downward, sp downward spiral. Um he finally decides to get out of the house after laying in there for days and days and days. And um, he says it's weird how the world around him is just can go on with things. But when something horrible happens, you know, it's like, how can they do that? I, I, I meant this. I, you know, I've, I've been a part of this. And he meets some random dude who I'm assuming is going to be the reoccurring character between each book. And as soon as he meets him, everything turns dark. There's like a three-eyed cat and it's some weird stuff that happens. And um, everyone just falls asleep around him. Like, the guy explains to me, he's like, look, you know, this you're part of this, like, uh, dark moment or whatever, this dark thing. And um, in that time period, the guy grabs him 
and he just falls asleep. And then everyone around him falls asleep. Everyone who looks at Ziggy falls asleep. And um, the guy's about to get the guy who I said is the recurring character he almost gets run over by a lawnmower, and he just disappears. And there's no explanation for it. Um, so over time, you know, he's sitting there trying to figure out his problem. Everyone's falling asleep. He calls cops. No one believes him. And um, eventually he decides to invite Maddie back. And she's not too happy with him because she caught him cheating on him or whatever. But um, we see a little interlude where the guy, the guy's, the guy whose wife passed away, um, is like making a call. And he has like a gun in his car and he's sitting on a cliff and he's just like talking about, you know, I'm going to make things right. And you kind of get the idea he's going to commit suicide, but he doesn't commit suicide. He goes after, okay, so then that goes to the next scene. Maddie comes to the door, she falls asleep. The guy shows up at the house, finds him somehow, and, like, pulls out a gun on him and is like, hey, you know, get in the car. And um, the big idea is that he's like, I want you to feel what my wife felt. So I want you to down all these sleeping pills and drive as far as you can without trying to fall asleep. And he's like, he has this mask on to cover his face so people won't fall asleep around him. He did that. He figured that out. And the guy's like, take off the mask. And they're speeding down a highway in this Jeep right now. And he's like, no. And Maddie's in the back handcuffed. She's like, no, I can't, you know. And um, eventually she gets it off of him, and the guy falls asleep. And they go sliding off the side of a cliff. Um, But in typical comic book fashion, the guardrail barely saves the Jeep, and it's hanging over the side. And um, that's when he realized, Ziggy realizes, he's like, Oh my God, Madeline's still in the car because he got thrown from it and he saved the dad, the husband or whatever. Goes in there, can't figure out how to get the handcuffs off. And so he just hugs her and says, I guess this is just how it's meant to be. And the very last panel, the car just falls over the cliff and they die. As intense as that is. I mean, it was a lot of, it wasn't that much that happened in uh, amount of time I mean it seems like it I mean y'all been pretty quiet through this I guess I'm not really selling it on y'all like your usual what I was gonna say is uh for those this is a little late but spoiler alert <laughs> yeah no know, kidding right, right? I'm it's sorry. Like, yeah, I'm here's no, a comic. Nobody needs. I think you should. To, nobody needs to. Read I think you it should now. buy the comic, but I think you should buy the comic. But I'm gonna tell you what happens in it anyway. So you guys right, have like just read first, it to us. <laughs> the first issue, it, it was. It seems like a filler issue because the actual next issue is a can like. It says it's separate from the first one. It says join us in part one of two of the black box. So I feel like this was just like your introduction. You know, there's, and there's it, just going to be three stories. It seems like then. Yeah, that's what it seems like. This seems like it didn't have right, anything well, to do with the rest of it. Thirty-three percent is ruined for people. <laughs> <up. laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but if you Go want to read your like, Hyperion, it's okay. There's there's so much going on in your explanation, Rusty, that I barely kept up and i read the issue so i'm pretty sure people can still go out and buy it <laughs> you read the issue then okay yeah, yeah, Nova, since okay. you've read it how is it <laughs> i enjoyed it no i mean like i'm a i'm a fan of one shot stories they're pretty good and i mean gabriel rodriguez's artwork's amazing so at least yes. rusty yes. you know couldn't uh couldn't get that across luckily we don't do a video podcast <laughs> otherwise you would have just been like he's not joking the art is very great in yeah it. and it, um it's pretty detailed and the coloring's pretty yeah. done there's kind of like a dark ambiance to the whole thing so yeah and uh, it's you know 
I'm sure by the time you uh, you turn off your the, the the podcast or whatever and end up going to your shop, you'll have forgotten Rusty's. Uh, they haven't turned it off already. <laughs> but <laughs> I got halfway through it, speak. and they were like, "All right, I gotta go buy this." What are you doing, Rusty? No, skip, skip. Yeah, they're like fast forward. Toe right now is like, damn it, I gotta fast forward. <laughs> no, but uh, I think you guys should tune in now because it's uh, the Red Skull's turn. Yeah. Oh. I guess it would be. Come back. Well, he's been teasing us. He has. Well, you yes. know, I always talk about what? Image. Correct. Well, I'm taking a break this week. I'm bringing something. We all sc- took a break except for Nova. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I've been really excited to talk about what I have today because it is so unique, so different, so unbelievable. I have a comic here from none other than. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. Wow. Yes. <laughs> the CDC put out their own comic, Preparedness 101, Zombie Pan- Pandemic. <laughs> wow. So how to prepare for a zombie apocalypse, basically, by the CDC. I want to say, I think I've seen this before. Like, I haven't read it, but I think I've seen it somewhere. Yep. So uh, my my wife she had, she works at uh, the local hospital and uh, they had a, a fair and this was happens to be at one of the booths so she picked it up for me and I finally got it from her six months later and uh, <laughs> she brings us home she's like I thought maybe you liked this I'm like what oh my god the CDC they put out a comic and it's really interesting it's brought to us by the writers uh, Maggie Silver and art by Bob Hobbs look them up and they both have done children's stuff. All right, so our story here takes place with a young married couple. Late at night, they just finished watching a movie. They got the, their dog, Max, in the living room with them. And the wife decides she's going to head up to bed, and the husband's going to stay downstairs and watch a little bit more TV. When all of a sudden, a special news alert comes on uh, from the emergency CDC uh, telling you that there is a virus outbreak and for everybody to please stay within their homes and to go to www.emergency.cdc.gov. Um, to um, print out your local uh, disaster preparedness kit and to get it ready and everything. So that's what he does. He goes to the official website, which, which looks just like the website, uh, ironically, and he finds you know the link for the emergency preparedness, prints it out, and goes throughout the house and prepares you know a week's worth of food and water, and he gets uh, different tools and toilet paper. You gotta. Da, da, da. All right, so then uh, he hears a noise outside, and Max is all upset, and he finds his neighbor a zombie. He quickly pushes her out, shuts the door, and the wife comes down saying, what's going on? And he explains to her what's happening. They watch the news together, and they're told to stay within the house. And that's what, exactly what they do. They spend a week in the house. Well, during this time that they're spending the week, the C- we have a little side story with the CDC that they have found a cure for the zombie apocalypse. And it's going to take them two weeks to prepare the cure. And so as the time passes, they run out of food. And so they decide to go to a a local high school where they have um, some shelter there. They make it safely in there after, you know, running running into their car through some zombies and the wife yelling, don't hit them, they're still living people. And (laughs) they make it there and they're running low on food and everything, you know, the two weeks have passed and... The CDC ships out a shipment of vaccine to cure the world. And as the vaccine is 
uh, truck is entering into the high school. There's problems with the gates. Zombies start overflowing the high school and start attacking everybody. That is when the guy wakes up from his dream on the couch. Oh. <laughs> yes. He wakes That's up. That's all a dream. Yes. Tells his oh, wife dude. that, you know, his, his, his dream and everything. And, you know, but we should still be prepared. Let's go ahead and go over to uh, the CDC.com and print out our disaster kit and uh, be prepared for when something bad does happen. And so, of course, they go and do that. And on the back of the comic also has the All Hazards Emergency Kit, which is available on the, to uh, not only print out, but you can get on the back of all the items that you need. And if you're interested in reading this, if you do go to um, – let me pull this up real quick. I have it right here. Go to – the CDC website, that, which is www.emergency.cdc.gov, and you type in zombie pandemic. Uh, and from there, the very first page you'll see, you'll be able to read the comic book yourself and see what I've been talking about. So wow. it's kind of cool. The CDC stance on in a zombie apocalypse. Interesting. It is. It really was. Sounds like fun, though. It was. It was it, a fun read. It's the government's version of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling like, you, let's I, capitalize. Yeah. I still, I'm yeah. still telling you, when, when The Walking Dead reaches its last issue, Rick's going to wake up in that hospital. Oh, man. Now Kirkman probably read that CDC issue and said, well, I can't do that now. <laughs> Everyone's going to have read this, and they'll know I'm just, uh, I'm just copying them. Like everybody's read. I, I guarantee probably 99.9% of our listeners have not read this. <laughs> have they put out any other issues? Like No. I, oh, I looked shoot. into that, and it's just this one standalone thing. You've got to do Alien Invasion or something. Yes. There's I, there's no other comics that they've put out other than this one. They're all dreams, too. So Yeah, of course. They don't have to be that creative with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be kids who are like, yeah, I want Alien Invasion, not zombies. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up uh, our reviews for this week. And But we have something exciting coming up right now. So here comes that intro music. Hey, everyone. It's time for you guys to listen up and find out what exactly is going on in the news. This week seems to be... A little bit crazy. So, Tony Stark fans, step aside because there is a new woman in town wearing iron. Brian Michael Bendis announced that the relaunch of Invincible Iron Man will be featuring not Tony Stark, but a new superheroine who just so happens to be a 15-year-old woman of color for a more contemporary style story. Now, some fans may not be happy with the change, but when hearing the backstory of Why by Bendis, which he explained in a Time Magazine article, you may change your mind. This is a woman who is in MIT building her own armor at a younger age than when Tony was. She is tired of the street violence that is happening in the world and decides to take a stand. Form your own opinion, though, while reading it, of course, when it comes out this fall. I got a joke. What's full of holes and is found in alleys. Whoa, if you were thinking Batman's parents, you're one messed up person. Man, I was just talking about bowling balls. But since we're on the subject of the Dark Knight, let's talk about the new clip that came out recently with the opening scenes to the infamous Batman and Joker story known as The Killing Joke. 
The clip was announced on DC's YouTube channel, and it features Batman walking through Arkham Asylum on his way to have a little conversation with the Joker. The Killing Joke is set to be released on July 26th on Digital HD, but for those who want a physical copy, you will just have to wait until it comes out for DVD and Blu-ray on August 2nd. So, this is for all you wrestling comic fans out there. What you gonna do, brother, when Boom Studios runs wild on you? Okay, that may have been a really cheesy Hulk Hogan attempt, but Boom Studios is partnering with WWE to produce comic books and graphic novels. The comics will be revealed at San Diego Comic-Con this year, with current tag team champions The New Day being present. According to their report, Boom will be selling a set of six one-page comics celebrating WWE's Then, Now, Forever tagline, with a pinup illustration on one side and info comic on the reverse side. Three comics will feature current stars now, two will feature past WWE stars then, and one will feature a WWE legend forever. Be on the lookout for more partnership news as they hold a panel for the event at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Now, I know a lot of you used to go and, you know, play with your action figures and you'd team them up and stuff. And I mean, I was a Thundercats fan. I was a He-Man fan. But in an epic 30-year-in-the-making event, we will finally have a crossover between Thundercats and He-Man. I mean, hey, it's childhood nostalgia overload. Scheduled to debut in October and published by DC Entertainment, this monthly miniseries will embroil heroes and villains, masters, mutants, and Thundercats in a mind-blowing six-part comic book saga. It's so cool. In his eternal desire to destroy the mighty Thundercats, the evil Mumra quests for a weapon that can rival the legendary Sword of Omens, He-Man's Sword of Power. But this dimension-spanning scheme launches a cataclysmic crisis that will, for the first time ever, unite Lino, Chitara, Tigra, Panthro, Wily Kit, Wily Cat, with He-Man, Battle Cat, Tila, Man-at-Arms, and the rest of the Masters of the Universe. He-Man and Thundercats number one debuts, now get out your pen and paper, October 5th, 2016. Well, that is going to be it for the news today. Tune in next month for a new news roundup, or check me out in popnerdtv.com's Nerd Portal every Thursday for nerdy news brought to you weekly. All right, so that's going to wrap this up. Let's get into the next thing. This is the round table, and it's really late at night. We all just decided to get on, uh, well, myself, Rusty, and Red, to uh, just randomly discuss things. So we're just going to talk about what we've been up to the last couple weeks, you know, other than real-life work and that, and blah, 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 other than all that. Like, what have we been reading? What have we been watching? What are we excited for, etc.? So that being said... Rusty, you just mentioned you recently rewatched Maximum Overdrive. It wasn't a rewatch. It was the first time I Oh, Jesus. It. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? That's the story of my life, it seems to be. But <laughs> the thing is, is I'm a big Stephen King fan, and I'm surprised I've never seen it before. Because I've seen, like, you know, I, I've, I've, I've seen Carrie. You know, I've seen Langley's seen It. I've seen, like, Christine. all these things, you know? Like, yeah, Christine, Cujo. 
a pet cemetery. I, but I had never heard of Maximum Overdrive before. Okay. And um, I watched it on Netflix because it's on Netflix. And I was, I've, I've been on an 80s movies kick for a while. I don't oh, know really? what my problem. Same thing with 80s music, too. I, I don't know what it is. I 80s kicks, I, dude. I love it when I get on 80s kicks, especially because Netflix, you can always go to Netflix and find great mm-hmm. 80s movies. Exactly. And whether I, mean, I, I love the 80s, tour, it's great. I'm sure you do, Red Skull. I do. I do. It was the last great decade. <laughs> I don't know. The 90s were pretty good. Uh, 90s were I mean, cool. But the movies and the TV shows yes, and the, the music. 80s, the just, 80s were great. Because uh, you had, what, Maximum Overdrive, which did you know was actually directed by Stephen King? I did not know really? that. Yeah, I did not know oh. that. Uh, so you had Maximum Overdrive. Now, just recently when I went on my 80s binge on Netflix, I watched uh, 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 Kickboxer. Okay. With Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Okay. I watched Bloodsport. Hell yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's I was on a Jean-Claude Van Damme one. kick. Um, Dude, I like Jean-Claude. Over Under the siege. Top <laughs> with Sylvester Stallone. Okay, okay no, that's a good one, too. Oh, that's awesome. And then the other one was, the, I watched four movies that week. They were all 80s. Uh, the other one was uh, the one with Hulk Hogan and Tiny Lister Zeus. Um, uh, uh, no Holds Barred. Yes, No Holds Barred. Yes. No Holds Barred. Yes, that was my other 80s movie. Dude, that's another good one. They also have... Top Gun on there, which okay, I love. That's recently. a classic. I that love is. Top Gun. Well, who um, doesn't love a little bit of Kelly McGillis? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they also have uh, Rambo on there. Okay, that which was is good. Cool. Okay. Um, they have The Running Man, which I like a lot. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's a great um, Stephen King right there. Good old Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, they have Mad Max on there too, which is really cool. Mm hmm. And I mean, what I'm saying, I'm on this 80s kick, man. I'm I, I, at work. I have it playing over the speakers at work now and everything else. I, I just I need to get, I'm stuck in an 80s ruse. Nothing wrong with that. Put on some neon uh, pants and uh, <laughs> get out your rainbow suspenders. For me, it would have been the hammer pants. Hammer pants. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hammer time. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> And for those of you who can't see, I'm doing my hammer dance. <laughs> the running man over here. The original but, running man, though. Hey, I can do a good running man. <laughs> I remember. Okay. Really funny story about that. When I was a kid, I, did, I still don't know how to dance. Who am I kidding? But when I was a kid, um, I was talking to my brother and I'm like, you know, I don't know how to dance. Like, what do I do? And so he kind of slowly taught me the running man. And so I practiced and practiced and practiced in my room. And uh-huh. so when I went to my very first dance in like seventh grade, yeah, it was probably seventh grade. I went to like my first like school dance, you know. What year was this? Uh, ninety four. Holy crap! Okay, ninety five, maybe ninety four, ninety five. I was in seventh grade. I went to my first. It was the year uh, Meatloaf. I would do anything for love came out. That, <laughs> oh that year. no! Oh yeah. no! Yeah, that was my first slow dance. I would do anything hey. for love. This, this girl who's like a year older than me came up and asked me to dance. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. But I went out there and they started playing these songs. I went out there and I started doing The Running Man. 
And then I did like that AC Slater Saved by the Bell move where like he would like kind of, he wouldn't do the splits, but he would like drop down and then slide back up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did that move. <laughs> and then I started doing like I tried to do a daisy kicks and it did not work <laughs> out well. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, this girl yeah. was like, all right. Hey, See, she I, liked I, it, man. She asked me to slow dance with her. And I that's was like, cool. how do I slow dance? And she's like, just put your hands around my waist. I was like, all right. <gasps> I'm touching a girl. <laughs> yeah, basically, I was like, ah, yeah. Now, I remember like in 84, 85, being out in the schoolyard and everybody's trying to do break dancing. Yep. <laughs> it was like, oh Little my. did you know that Red Skull on the side was a B-boy and did some <laughs> uh, break dancing. And I could spun st- on his head. I can still bust some moves in my uh, – <laughs> <laughs> now wait a minute you really meant um 1943 right mm. yes 1924 right. Yes. <laughs> back when you were a young lad okay. when I was a little yes. one of my favorite dance moves though from when i was a kid this is even when i was younger at this point i was all right so i'm gonna tell you guys a really embarrassing story okay <laughs> so my very first concert ever uh was color me bad <laughs> all right that was my very first concert i was like 10 years old and i went to the concert and Color Me bad comes on and i started dancing in the middle of the aisle i was with my buddy who was like a year or two older than me um and like we had our parents there too but they were like we kind of they they kept an eye on us but they kind of let us go do our thing it was a safer time back then yeah. um and so uh, I'm sitting there dancing the house. And so we were just talking about kickboxer, right? With Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Do you guys, so you guys can see me on video. Do you guys <laughs> remember? Um, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. When uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, the old guy's getting him drunk in the bar. And Jean Claude Van Damme okay. goes and turns on the jukebox. And the and he old guy's dancing with yeah, the women. Dancing. Okay. Do you remember that dancer? He's like, Yeah. Yeah, oh no. I oh my god, that's you how you see, danced. If you can see Tap right now. Oh, oh my gosh. I thought that is how you dance. So oh, he's no. sitting there like clapping his hands. <laughs> I'll swing uh, my hips. Clapping. Uh, and if you guys don't know the dance, go watch Kickboxer. You'll understand it. He whoops all their asses. I'll yeah, say that. He did. But he cannot dance. No, I uh, I thought that's how you dance. So I'm in the middle of the aisle at a Color Me Bad concert with my Z Cavarici shirt and my Z Cav jeans with like the braided belt hanging down the leg. Remember how like, you do the braided belt? You'd loop it so it dangles down your leg. Do you anybody remember that? So I had that, and I'm all dancing the aisles. And these girls behind us are like 15, 16. They're like five or six years older. They're all like laughing and stuff. And my buddy's like, sit down, you're embarrassing me. And I'm like, what? They like us. Look, the girls are laughing. Like, I thought like they were getting into it. And I thought they, yeah, yeah I thought I was the shit back then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, it reminds me of my very first concert. Was, I want to say it was 1978. Charlie Daniels Band. Oh, that would be a good one. Ah, uh, that's yes, cool. that was. I, I remember going to that thing, and you know, everybody's out there, you know, blind dancing and stuff like that. And I was like, that's different. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> See, it's a cool concert. I yeah. mine was Color Me Bad. Okay, <laughs> at the my, time that was cool. But my first concert, and y'all are gonna be like, what the hell? But it was. In 1999, okay. Wow, corn. Yeah, no. 
Um, I was into different kinds of hair metal and different metal and stuff from my mom and my stepdad at the time. Yep. yep. And uh, they wanted to take me to a concert in fifth grade. And I went to you were in fifth grade. Yeah. Well, was it 2000? Yeah. God, I was in damn, fifth grade. Yeah. I was okay, in fifth well. grade. It was as funny as this is. It was Skid Row. Okay. Good. Good, Ted good. Nugent. Okay. And Kiss. Ooh. Dude. That's an yeah. epic first concert. It was a very cool first concert. And I'll think we'll never forget this because my mom will still talk about it today. Um, in the middle of the concert, I mean, besides the people smoking pot in front of us, and my mom kept making comments about the people in front of us smoking pot. You asked your mom what a love gun was. No. <laughs> um, on, you know, on the big screens or whatever, they would show the cameras of the crowd, oh, the right? the boobies. Okay, mm-hmm. and there was a whole bunch of girls sitting on guys' shoulders, yep. just pulling up their shirt and yep. showing yes. boobs. Yep. Exactly, yes. and yes. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and she was like, "Oh my god!" And just like covering my eyes and trying to, but she will tell this story till this day. And she posted on she posted on Facebook not even that long ago. She was oh like. My god. My son, you know, I took him to his first concert and it was great. And I'm glad that I took him to that. That is his first concert. But something I will never forget is that all the girls on the shoulders, when they showed the girls on the cameras, were taking off their tops and showing off their boobs. And I know he had seen it and the damage was done, but I still tried to cover his eyes anyway. And until this day, I will never forget that that was the first time he was looking at boobs basically wow yeah yeah and uh she brings it up i'm 25 now and she still brings it up so dude it's gonna be like that forever don't worry because i there's stuff that i did you know 40 years ago my mother still brings up so (laughs) good luck with that yeah i you guys remember when wayne's world first came out oh god yeah of course okay remember when mike myers pulls the underwear up his butt and starts humping the mummy yeah i did that (laughs) like my mom has pictures of it i think i was like 10 or 11 something like that but uh yeah my mom has pictures of me running around with my underwear wedged at my butt trying to hump things because i thought it was funny (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so this conversation really is about our childhood yeah Yeah. (laughs) our childhood in the 80s Oh my gosh! Oh my, eighties are great. I miss the eighties. Hey, there were some good comics in the eighties too. That's, I was just going to say that there's some great comics that came out in the eighties. And you're talking about concert, I, the first thing I think of is Kiss. You know, what about their big comic they put out with the blood and the red ink? Yep, yep. Oh, I remember that. Actually, speaking of the, I mean, you obviously had Secret Wars, which was huge in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, you had. Uh, uh, the the first you know Wally West Flash series that started in eighty mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Green Lantern. Um, you had Amazing a lot Spider Man. Oh yeah, Amazing Spider Man. I think Todd McFarlane jumped on mm-hmm. what eighty eight. Yep. That, yep, that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. Todd. Yeah. So I mean, you got Todd McFarlane. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's happened in the eighties in the world of comics. Howard, the Rob- you you even got the first <laughs> black suit Spider Man in the eighties yeah, in eighty four. Exactly. Uh, Rocket I mean, Raccoon was introduced in Rocket, the 80s. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, Jubilee, like the whole X-Men like revolution, basically, through the 200s. It was cool. 
Yeah. I mean, we want to talk about crazy stuff. I mean, come on, Rob Liefeld came out. <laughs> yeah. Late 80s. You know what was crazy is uh, Thanos was dead through the 80s, basically. Yeah. Him and much. Warlock were dead for 10 years after like 78, 79. So there's a lot of crazy stuff in the in the 80s. I don't know. It was a it was a fun time from what infinite, I remembered. In, what is it? The the infinite. Uh, what was the DC one? Infinite, or Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, that happened in the 80s. Death of Barry Allen. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of good things came Death out of the of 80s. Supergirl, and I get... Death of Barry Allen. Death of Superman. Was that in the 80s? No, that yeah, was, was in the no. 90s. Yeah, that, yeah, that was like 91, 92. That was back yeah. when Polly Bags became the big yeah. thing. Nope. Yeah. Uh, right after Infinity Gauntlet was starting to come out and everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was uh, uh, a lot of fun in the 80s. Yep, yeah, there was the end of the Bronze Age. Good, good music. Uh, yeah, we Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been like I said, I've been on the kick. I can't. I yeah, can't so okay, okay. My kick, man. What '80s music incorporated car, uh, comic book stuff? What '80s? What do you mean? What's some good comic book '80s music combination stuff like Guns and Roses? Talk about Captain America and Paradise City. Oh yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know if I can name anything. I couldn't name anything, man. Okay, uh, greatest American hero. I could only think of like the Lou Ferrigno, like walking away, the lonely man. Mm-hmm. Lonely man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, David uh, Banner. Yeah, God, I love that. Love that show. I hated that they changed his name to David instead of Bruce. As a yeah. child, that really confused the <laughs> out of me. <laughs> well, when you're humping mummies, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rusty might have missed that part, but yeah. <laughs> Did you miss that part, Rusty? Yeah, it taps a mummy humper, apparently. Uh, well, not just mummies. <clears throat> just any any inanimate object with my underwear wedged up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's World style. Oh, man. Well, and then I would do the, the happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday. <laughs> and I would like, you know try to do camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. <laughs> Speaking of the A's, you had Urkel. The birth of Urkel was in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. How could we forget the birth of Urkel? There's so much great 80s cartoons that came out, too. Oh, Ninja that was came out in the that, 80s. Transformers, G.I. Joe. To me, the 80s was the best period for cartoons. You know what? I never got into G.I. Joe, though. I don't know what it was. I mean, I was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, cool. You know, Voltron, cool. Thundercats, cool. He-Man, cool. But I never got into G.I. Joe for some reason. You may have gotten on that bandwagon a little bit late, you know, because you made that because the time the age time gap and all that kind of stuff but let me tell you gi joe it was hot back then. very very it hot. was it was like you did not miss an episode because you know what no one is half the battle <laughs> True. you watched every episode again and again you read the comics you bought the toys you and stayed for the psas yes have you seen the joke PSAs online? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I want to ride my motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great. My favorite one is when the house is on fire and then they start, they light the kitchen on fire, the kids do, and the one guy busts in 
with the mask on. He's like, bah, 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 and he starts making uh, robot noises and he takes the mask <laughs> off and he's like, what the hell are y'all doing? The house is on fire. Get out of the house. And then they run out the house. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Rusty, how can you remember all this 80s stuff? Weren't you born in the 90s? I was born in the 90s. But... It, weird enough, my mom would had me at a really young age. Um, I had a really young aunt that I considered more of a sister than an aunt. And um, so I was stuck watching 80s stuff most of the time. Yeah. Or MTV. That. I watched 80s stuff in MTV oh, a lot yeah, as a kid. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I loved MTV. Headbangers Ball, Remote Control. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. I loved Headbangers. You guys remember Liquid TV? Liquid TV was cool too. The Eon Flux, but they had the Max. Yep, and I love Comics. The Max still had it on there. Yeah, Unplugged was great. Beavis and Butthead. Max Headroom. Yep, Max Headroom. Adorian. Oh, oh, like Rock and Roll Jeopardy. That's nine. God. (laughs) Yeah, no, all that stuff was great. Hey, MTV was born in the eighties. I believe it was nineteen eighty. Was music. Or video killed the radio star. Yep, yep. That was a, there was that a flagship. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I just actually talking about that with my kids the other day when it came on the radio. I was like, "Did you guys know?" <laughs> They're like, "MTV played music videos." You're like, "Yes, yes." Once upon a time, I think with the I think the response was response was more like was what is MTV? <laughs> you can just download that now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Is it on Netflix? No. Can I watch so it on Hulu? I wouldn't know about that, you guys. You know, old whatever. What about Elf, yeah. Rusty? Do you remember Elf? You know, I, I never like watched that. Elf. I know what Elf oh, is, I'm and I've sad. seen Elf. Was... I've seen an episode or two of Elf later on, but at a younger age, I never watched Elf. I never I saw was Elf or anything. Such a big fan of Elf growing. I up. wasn't. I wasn't. I was. I was. Giving... I didn't get into it. Give me Universal Studios TV shows. I want to watch the A Team, Street Hawk, Blue Thunder, uh, the A Team, uh, Simon and Simon. Twice. That's how much you like the A Team, <laughs> dude. I love Knight Rider. Okay, Knight Rider, uh, Magnum PI, Magnum PI. Uh, Universal he Studios. He was like that Matlock, though. <laughs> no, I did not watch Matlock. No, Matlock's name. No. Uh, MacGyver. What about Cop from the school. Future? Does anybody remember that one? It was like cops, like it was like spelled out like C dot O dot P dot as a cartoon S dot, and it's like from the future. No, that was an nah. epic Snorks? cartoon, huh? Do you like Snorks? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Snorks. I love Hubert. All the, the cartoons. Snorks cool. was great. Yeah. See, Snorks was on around the same time that. Uh, well, this is now we're in the nineties. Now we're moving forward, but uh, Spider Man, the animated series, hit. Um, in the early eighties, was it? Yeah, it was early nineties. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in the eighties, the Spider Man basically that you watched was the Electric Company to watch yep, Spider Man. Yep. That, or you watched the old seventies Spider Man and his yes. amazing friends. Yes. You know, I've tried to watch, go back and rewatch because, like, it's I, hard. I don't. It was on Netflix <laughs> or Hulu. It is, and I Today tried to go back and rewatch, and it was hard. It it's really hard. was. How, wait, you know what though? What sticks stands, and I, I've actually just watched a bunch of episodes today. As a matter of fact, is Spider Man from the nineties, the cartoon from the nine, the early nineties. Where did 90s. you find it? It's on Hulu. Nah, uh, every season, all five seasons are on Hulu. 
Really? Yeah, so, I was watching because my that's kid. what got me into Venom and Carnage. As a we kid. actually just watched the the Venom trilogy today. That's great. Uh, that's yeah, so- no, I was introducing in the show to my kid, and he's. I was like, "You want to see a good Spider Man cartoon? Mm-hmm. Watch this." And he got hooked. He's like, "This is amazing." And I was yeah. like, "He actually asked me today when Carnage was going to come on," and I was like, that's "Cool, Pri- episode or season three or something like that." But yeah, he's yeah, it was great. No, that is pretty cool. That X Men, yes, X Men from the nineties. It was a classic, oh. great. Um, even the Fantastic Four from the nineties. There's a nineties cartoon of Fantastic Four that mm-hmm. was really good. Um, I Incredible liked, Hulk had a cartoon from the nineties, early nineties. I liked really Iron Man from the 90s. Iron that Man was, was also another one. War Machine frequently showed up on Spider Man. Yes, I watched those. Punisher showed up on Spider-Man. I watched those every Saturday morning. I would go deliver papers early in the morning, get a dozen donuts, go home, and watch. I'd be home just in time because it started like at 6 a.m. I would get home just in time to watch Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Hulk, and oh, and Silver Surfer had a 90s cartoon. You know what? I don't remember the Silver Surfer cartoon. Yep, Silver Surfer is out there as well. There was some good stuff back then. I mean, some of the stuff today is okay. 90s like, cartoons were just spot on. I don't know what it was about early 90s cartoons, but they just had the storytelling all kinds of together for most of the cartoons. Yeah, it was incredibly epic. So I feel like I just threw you off. <laughs> um, Moving forward, we were talking something about cartoons from the 90s. Yeah, no, cartoons are great. Like The, the current... Uh, Spider-Man series, uh, Unlimited or Ultimate Spider-Man, whatever that series is, it's on Cartoon Network. It's it's a really good series, but it's nothing compared to the stuff from like '92 on. Like that stuff is just so so good. See, that's Man. the thing. I've tried to go forward from X-Men '92 because I mean I've watched through it before. I'm rewatching through it now, but I tried to go on to later X-Men series animated and. I just can't get into them. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's how I find most of the newer stuff. I can't really get into it. I did like Planet Hulk. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that cool. was good. That was more of a uh, movie, but that was good. Yeah. See, for yeah. me, I mean, I, I joined the Navy in 92, and that was my cutoff period. That's when I stopped watching the cartoons. And to this day, there's so many 90s cartoons that I haven't seen. And when I try to go back and revisit it, I watch it, and it's kind of like, eh. Eh. <laughs> I, I feel you on that. What do you think about X Men '92 though? Do you feel that same way? Because I feel yeah. like it was pretty true to the comics. Yeah, to me, it was kind of like, eh. <laughs> oh, I loved X Men '92. It was so, so, so good. Yep, I still watch the episodes of it. Like, I'll go Be- back and rewatch things yep, because that, those are for on you too. Because yeah, for you, are. a lot of that's probably reminiscent. For me, it's not. A lot of that's just like. I missed a lot of it or I didn't catch up with it until like in 2000 something. I feel you on that. There, there's a bunch of stuff that I'm like that with. Um, one thing that I do wish they would put on Netflix or something though is gargoyles and shout out mm-hmm. to, um, uh, great Greg Weisman. Weisman. Mm-hmm. But I, is great. I wish they would put gargoyles on there so bad. You yeah, know, gargoyles is absolutely fantastic as well. Hey, Rusty, on Amazon, you can get the Fantastic Four Silver Surfer Complete Collection. 
It's only 120 bucks. <laughs> only 120. But it's weird because then you can go get the entire Fantastic Four complete series without Silver Surfer for 14. I don't know. Oh, speaking of comics, I know we we've all gotten a lot of comics these last couple weeks. Uh, that we have. Uh, yeah, yes. thanks. A big shout out to Jabo on that one. Holy. Shout out to everyone in the Facebook auction room because mm-hmm. I feel like I've been spending way too much money on comic books. <laughs> okay, so oh, I definitely did. So Tap, why don't you why don't you go first? What have you picked up recently? Okay, so aside from my pull list ones, which I tweet every Wednesday that I go, so make sure you follow because then you can see all the stuff in my surprise look of oh my god, I just got this. Um, so aside from like my st- my Reber stuff that I've been pulling in Superhuman Resources, um. A good friend of ours, uh, Mr. Jabo, 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 I'm going to say Jabo, Jabo sounds fun. Uh, He has a uh, comic sale that he was going on, trying to help out his father-in-law, and he had some incredible deals. Absolutely incredible. Um, Needless to say, I spent a lot of money, but... That being said, I got the entire Spectre run from the volume, I think it's volume three from the 90s. So like one through 70 or one through 68, whatever it is. I got the entire Spectre run. Um, I bought uh, the Flash volume two, uh, the the Wally West one out of like, how many issues is in that? 270? Does that sound right? 280? Uh, two seventy-six. Okay, so out of that, I got about a hundred and three or a hundred and four issues of uh, the Flash series of uh, Volume Two. So I, I still have ways to go, but I got almost over half the collection. Um, and then I also bought uh, almost the entire run of JLA. So I think I'm getting like 150 issues of JLA somewhere around in there. And then I also bought, God, this sounds horrible. I bought so much. Um, I also bought uh, the entire run, or not the entire run, but I bought 70 of the, I think it's 92 issues in all. But about 70 of the 92 issues of Impulse as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I bought probably... Clo- oh, and then he's also throwing in a couple hardcovers for me of Batman and Superman. Uh, some of the hardcover trades. Um, so I, I got volumes one and two of that as well. Um, and then I also picked up uh, a bunch of just random action figures that he had um, that my son is absolutely in love with. I actually got a couple of them in the mail already today, so thank you for that. That was quick. Um, what else? I think that's it. That's a lot of comics, though. It is. It is. <laughs> so, Rusty, what have you gotten these days? Okay, so I bought... A lot of stuff in the Facebook auction stuff. And um, recently I bought the four-part Magic miniseries from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard that was pretty popular. I got it for a good deal. I paid only five bucks for all four issues, I think. So I was happy with that. Are you referring to Magic like Colossus's sister Magic? Yes. Okay. X-Men magic. It was her first not, miniseries. Not Magic the Gathering? No. No, not Magic the Gathering. <laughs> no. And then um, 
I also got uh, what is it? Uh, Hyperion. Minimum Carnage. <laughs> Hyperion. <laughs> no, Minimum Carnage. Minimum Carnage. I got Minimum Carnage. That'd be uh, good. I like Alpha. That. Yeah, with uh, Colin Bun. Okay. Of all people who we're probably going to talk to very soon. We will. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Colin Bun. That name sounds familiar. Where do I know that name from? <laughs> Colin um, Bun. Hmm. <laughs> X-Men and everywhere else, right? I'm sorry, it's Deadpool late. kills it's the late. Marvel Universe. I'm sorry, it's just late. <laughs> uh, bad so, joke, sorry. A bad joke. But, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I got that, and I got, um, I mean, I got, I got so much stuff, dude. I, I, I always spend way too much money. Um, I did pick up Uncanny Avengers, which I haven't read yet. Still, for some reason, I don't know why I haven't read it. Um, I haven't read the new Carnage yet, but I bought that. Um, and uh, I have Extraordinary X Men, which I haven't bought, uh, read yet for some reason. I am way behind in reading comics. That is just an issue that I guess happens. But I own all these comic books, but I can't read them. And um, I also got The Resurrection of Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock. I haven't read that still, but that's from the 80s. And I, I have a comic book buying problem, which I don't read them. And uh, I have more time to look through my phone, apparently, and buy the comics than actually read them. And you also got eight issues of Silver Surfer that we sent you as a birthday gift. Mm-hmm. That is true. It's a big shout out to y'all because it's dope. It started filling in my volume three collection. I yeah. do own uh, all of well. Silver Surfer Volume 2, Molin consists of one issue. But I own the one issue now, as of recently, because I bought that, too, in an auction. Mm. But thanks to y'all, y'all filled in a lot of my gaps. I mean, I have uh, quite a few more to collect between, uh, I would say, 6 and 31. And then I have a tremendous amount to collect between 60 and 100 and whatever. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad. Thanks again, guys, for sending me that. Well, I'm glad we were able to help out and, uh, yeah, get you some. I was try- I found some of the earlier issues, so I was like, hey. Yeah, yeah, that, I mean. It, oh, yeah. and, uh, sorry, I just don't, go ahead. I just remembered. No, something. go ahead. I was going to say, also speaking of which, gifts in the mail, Red actually sent me Archie <laughs> Meets the Predator. Yes. Uh, which was exciting because I love the Archie stuff. Um, not like the main titles, Archie, but kind of the off brand Archie, like Archie meets the Predator, Archie meets Punisher, um, Afterlife with Archie, you know, those types of things. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of that stuff. So, yeah, thank you, Red, for uh, of course. for that one as well. Yep, hooked all three of you guys up. <laughs> Yeah, you did. You got me that uh, Thanos Rising set mm-hmm. and uh, super dope of you because I own the variant of issue one already, the Scotty Young one. So it really just set off the whole collection for me because I am one step closer to owning all the Thanos, right? Yes, that is so yeah. cool. But yeah, for me, luck. <clears throat> I mean, I had just amazing luck recently you know as i know we've talked a little bit before but i went out i picked up 1438 image comics oh that's right father's day yes at 
seven cents a piece. <laughs> wow. It was just like, uh, really? Okay, sold. <laughs> and it was, it took me really, it took me three days to sort it out, organize it, put in alphabetical order, put in by issue number, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And as I was going through it, I ended up coming across two two comics in there and I noticed they were signed and I was like what is this so and it's like okay let me back up who is involved so I have the nightly news number one uh written by Jonathan Hickman and so I go to eBay and I look for a signature series CGC by Hickman and would you believe it but the signature on this comic in my hand matches up to that signature series comic it is signed by Hickman Oh, wow. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it says on there, you know, to Rob, then it has Hickman's autograph and uh, 08. And then I Why is Liefeld pawning his stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. And then I pick out another comic. All of a sudden, there's another squiggly mark and, and some writing underneath it. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me look at this. It's uh, Red Mass from Mars again. Jonathan Hickman's signature on it with the artist, uh, Ryan uh, Bodenheim, signed it as well. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> no, I just got two Hickman autographs for seven cents each. Wow. <laughs> but the, cool. the, that was well, the thing that I'm the most still tickled about is in there they had Noble Causes variant cover 3B in there, near mint. I picked up for seven cents and I've been wanting this issue for years because it's the first appearance of Invincible. It's and, the one where it's the uh, Days of Future Past yes, cover. Yes. Yeah. And he's on there. I mean, that one, you know, 50 bucks on a good day on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, um, it's a popular cover. I see it going in auctions all the time for mm-hmm. usually 45 to 50. So that's cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, landed a gold mine just in because this person didn't want image comics so like you know I'm, I'm the image guy and i got so much great stuff out of there you know uh savage dragon number one um and savage dragon number one volume two so i got his first appearance and a bunch of others a lot of witch blades i filled in holes like crazy and a lot of great other titles that I want to read in a few like young bloods that I just kind of would like to have, even though it's like I have life in the house. It's like, okay, <laughs> dude, I want to collect young blood. I'm going to say it right now. I still want to collect young blood because I just haven't read any issue of it. And I just want to see what it's about. And everyone's going to hate me for that. But yeah, I mean, okay. I'm curious. I mean, I, w- I won't lie. I want, I want a young bloods. Number one, CGC 9.8. I do. Is just to add to my collection, but I was pretty happy. I'm still tickled. I still have a lot of bag and boarding to do, and I got to put stuff in the database. But you no, know, that was my recent fo- comic find this last uh, week. No, that is awesome. But I will say that there was only four comics out of those fourteen hundred that I got that were not Image, and that was Superhuman Resources, <laughs> which I am extremely jealous of. I'm not gonna lie because I have been looking for Superhuman the volume one mm-hmm. of Superhuman Resources. I've been to uh, like all five or six of my local shops. Nobody has them. Nobody's ever even heard of it. Well, they've heard of some of it now because the volume two just came out and they're getting mm-hmm. some of those in the store. But previous to that, no one had ever even heard of it. 
Um, and so, yeah, I cannot find them anywhere. So the fact that you came across all four issues, I'm extremely jealous. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, I even tweeted Ken Marcus, and I said, because uh, my first issue of Superhuman Resources Volume 2, Issue 1, um, I, it wasn't in my pull list. And I said, hey, what happened with this? And they said, oh, it got damaged in shipping, so we're reordering it, because they only ordered for Polis. And uh, yeah. I said, okay, so I tweeted again, Marcus, I go, does that count as two copies sold then? <laughs> uh, and he replied back with, I'll take it. So I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, but I also tweeted out a picture of, of your collection, of your four superhuman. I pieces. saw that. I said, "Well, Red got lucky. I'm still looking. (laughs) (laughs) I could probably find them on eBay, but that takes the fun out of it. Like, the fun is, like, trying to find it. You know what I mean? It is. It's the search. The search is what drives you to get these things. Yeah, exactly. The hunt is what it's all about. So I'm still going to be searching. But, yeah, no. If you guys have not read Superhuman Resources, number one, go back and listen to our interview with Mr. Ken Marcus. It is fantastic. And number two... What are you waiting for? Volume 2, Issue 1 just dropped uh, a week, well, a couple weeks ago at this point. So get out there and go pick it up. It mm-hmm. is by far the funniest comic book you will ever read in your entire life. Like, I am such a fanboy of Ken Marcus and Superhuman Resources. I cannot stress it enough. It is hilarious. Very cool. Yep. Hey, it's good stuff. I'm going to... I will back you up on that tap. If you haven't read Superhuman Resources, Volume 1 just rocked my socks off. I haven't gone through all of Volume 2 yet, but it it was good stuff. Yeah, and thanks to Ken, I've I've been able to read all eight issues. I read all of Volume 2, and I've read all of Volume 1. You know, Ken hooked this up with that. Um, And so thank you for that, Ken. Big shout-out to that. Uh, But, yeah, it's – oh, my God, you guys, it's hilarious. It is so funny. Mm-hmm. It's basically in in a nutshell. It's basically the Office meets the Avengers. Like, yep. you take the Office, you take the Avengers, you put them together, and out comes this uh, superhuman amazing, resources. <laughs> yeah, basically, out comes superhuman resources. It's it's amazing. Joe Kelly backs it. Okay, so you gotta you gotta check it out. But yeah, so on that note, I think it's time to go to bed. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about 2 a.m. where me and Rusty are, so that means it's about 3 a.m. where Red is. Yes, yes. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Well, thank you all again for tuning in, listening to us ramble. Hopefully you guys enjoyed what we had to say, and if not, eh, you probably skipped ahead. But anyways, either way, thank you again. You guys are truly appreciated. And until next month, the power is yours. Yeah. All right, everybody, it's time for that segment on the street where I go out and talk to some people about what they love the most comics. Let's see what they have to say today, shall we? All right, Chris. Well, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, pretty well, thanks. So I got to ask, what is it you're currently reading? Uh, 
Well, nothing right now, aside from novels, but uh, last thing I was reading was The Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Oh, my gosh. That is one of my top favorite uh, comics to read. So have you started from the beginning to the end? Where are you at in it? Uh, last thing I was reading was um, where Negan had pretty much taken off. Who? So who do you think Negan killed in the show? <laughs> uh, honestly, I think I think Glenn had to die there. So, you you think so? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it might be uh, Abraham. To tell you the truth, yeah. But only because you know, because it is a TV show. They don't always follow suit with the comics, and lots of times, you know, they don't really kill off the A-list characters only because you know of ratings. So that's why I'm thinking Abraham. To be honest, I think it would people get really mad if Glenn died. But then again, that's maybe that's what they want. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that opening season, that opening show is definitely going to be a huge one. But, you know, are they going to start with uh, somebody's death or not? Like they typically do. Or are they going to go into maybe Negan's past? Mm-hmm. Like they've done in the past. Yeah, it's, they... It's, it's hard to say. It really is. I have a feeling they're probably going to just pick it up right then and there where the killing was. It would be nice to see them do a little time jump. And um, Have you been reading the Image Plus comics at all? With the, uh, yeah. Yes. So that nice little story arc that Kirk has been doing for us within there uh, with Negan's – the flashback to Negan's past has been pretty exciting. Oh, it definitely has. And, I mean, I'd, until uh, you started you know, sharing there, I – Never would have seen any of those. Yes. But that reminds me, I think I need to put out the third issue, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have no idea when they're actually released, so um, I can't say anything. So uh, Image Plus Comics comes out once a month on the second Wednesday of the month, if memory serves correctly. Okay. And like, like you've seen, it's only a quick you know, three-page little story by Kirkman talking about uh, yeah. Negan's past. And it's... Typical Kirkman, well written, and it draws you in and you leaving you wanting more. <laughs> yeah. So, other than yep. um, Walking Dead, have you been reading uh, anything else by Kirkman? Maybe Outcast or Invincible? Uh, no, I haven't read any of the other things. Well, if you enjoy Walking Dead, I highly recommend picking those up. Uh, Outcast, as you know, is now a TV show, and it is really, really good. And I always recommend Invincible and. You know, if we can get Rusty to start reading Invincible, all right. All right, I have with me Deary. How's it going, man? Good, good, good. And you? Oh, pretty well, thanks. So what is it that you enjoy reading? The one and only Image. Oh, yes, A Man After My Own Heart. I love Image. So what from Image are you yeah. really enjoying? Well, I would say, like, a lot of, like, Huck, Invincible mainly. Oh, my God, who doesn't love Invincible? We got to yeah, get Rusty doesn't. to read Invincible. Rusty, read Invincible. Rusty, yep. Rusty, read Invincible. <laughs> For me, like, it's much relatable because I can relate to it, like whether it's imaginary or like if real life. To me, that's just yeah. why I mainly like it. It's more relatable than Image and I mean Marvel and DC. No, it is. It really is. You know, and that uh, writer freedom and creativity just is wonderful yeah. they can do what they want to do and not be uh, held yeah. back with what they're told they can do yeah i agree 100 percent. Mm. and i mainly enjoy also uh anga mainly fairy tale uh-huh 
and because I get the sales from that. Yeah. So have you been yeah. reading the fix at all? Um, I have the first three issues. I read two of the three. Oh, oh, third one picks up pretty well. You gotta gotta check that one out. And I know four just uh, came yeah. out yesterday. So yeah, yeah. Check out Fix. Fix is really good if you love image stuff. Uh, Outcast, of course. I don't know if you've been checking that out at all. I actually tried giving it a read, and it was a little bit too much for me to handle. Yeah, I'm not into that little gory stuff. Like, kind of, it looked gory to me. I wouldn't say it's like gory. I can't read Nail Biter. I can't read oh, Nail Biter gotcha. either because it was too much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Kirkman really took uh, Outcast to a whole new level, and it's—I wouldn't say it's so much as gory as it is um, mentally stimulating. You know, just very thought-provoking things to really think about, and you know, edge on the chair type of reading. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, what else besides Image do you, do you got going on? Anything else, or just mainly um, Image? I picked up um, the first Batman, which uh, yesterday, okay, for Rebirth. Yep, trying to get to that. Um, picked up the first Flash. Oh, that's a good um, read. I read uh, Midnighter, a couple of those from last year. Oh yes, Just Midnighter, Steve Orlando. Yeah, yeah, ran a couple of random. Now and then, uh, Lumberjanes. Mm-hmm. Haven't been really into that, like. Not a lot more, but I read that. Oh, very um, cool. There's a lot of, like, you know, more recommendations would be nice for me. Mm-hmm. But I got a lot. I have a list of stuff I need to get to. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it, yep. <laughs> All right, well, I really appreciate taking the time today. Thanks. Uh, get Get to reading, man. A lot of stuff you need to catch up yeah. on, it sounds like. Yeah, not a problem. All right, you have a good one. Thanks again. You too. Thank All you. All right, so I have with me Gabriel. Gabriel, how you doing today? I'm <laughs> doing well, Red. It's good to uh, it's good to finally talk to you in person. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is so much yeah. fun to have you on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. So I got to ask you, what you got in your pull box, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I work part time at a comic book shop and. Uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of known uh, as a, as the indie guy, so uh, lots of image, lots yes. of boom. Yes. Uh, Aftershock has been killing it lately, so uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? <laughs> so I take it since working part time, you probably read a lot of the titles on the shelf and put them back, don't you? Uh, not so much. I try to I try my best to uh, to support uh, to support the creators that I really enjoy. So uh, so I try to buy as much as I can. No, that's good to hear. I like hearing that. So, what would you say is your number one pull right now? Uh, right now, Cry Havoc. Cry Havoc, good choice. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, it was really good, but that uh, last issue in the in the first arc just blew me away. Yes, it really did. So you have I so I'm taking you have a lot in your pull box, but how many titles would you say you have? Uh, I, I went through my uh, through my pull list app and uh, I found uh, 37. Whoa, you sound like me. <laughs> I think <laughs> I say probably like mine is almost 99% all image. Yeah. And then I have a, a, a couple Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think 
uh, let's see, uh, Moon Knight, Black Widow, mm-hmm. uh, Han Solo, and Thor are my uh, Marvel books. Yeah, for Marvel, for myself, I have uh, Nova and anything Star Wars. Right, yeah, I the Star Wars has been so good. Oh, it has, hasn't it? I'm, I'm kind of sad to see Darth Vader coming to an end. I'm kind of interested to see how all, all that will conclude and tie into each other. Yeah, yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know where they would have went with it if they weren't going to end it, though, because eventually they would run into Empire Strikes Back. Yes. So besides uh, the Darth Vader, what else do you have in your pull box? Uh, Cry Havoc. Cry Havoc's uh, like the best thing in comic books right now. Um, pretty deadly. Uh, the Beauty, Birthright, Injection. Uh, oh, I have Injection. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I just uh, I heard this morning uh, Warren Ellis and Phil Hester are going to be doing a comic book at Aftershock called Shipwreck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it's about, but it sounds like you know some weird uh, Warren Ellis mind trip. So, yeah, uh, it's probably going to be amazing. Most likely. Uh, Renato Jones mm-hmm. uh, Image. Anything uh, anything Kari Andrews does. I'm willing to follow that. Mm-hmm. Tokyo Ghost, uh, which is... Did, now, did you enjoy all, Tokyo Ghost? Over. I love Tokyo Ghost. <laughs> I couldn't get into it. I went no. through... I got through the first issue, and I was like, I wasted my money on these six issues. I was just like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was just... It was just like... It was like the weakness just like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, the, the, it was just too off the wall for me. And, yeah, it just... I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, it's Remender, and he can be he can be hit or miss. But uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, mm-hmm. like uh, like anything Sean Gordon Murphy does, it, it could be written by a three year old, and I'll read it. <laughs> uh, Future Quest. Have you uh, have you checked that one out? I'll be honest. I have not. I'm familiar with it. I just haven't had the opportunity to read it yet. Yeah, uh, just, uh, like, every Hanna-Barbera adventure, like, hero character you can think of is in this book, and mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. That's what I keep hearing. It's like, oh, I need to get to that, I need to get to that. <laughs> then I look at the pile, it's like, oh. Yeah, so yeah I'm the same way when, when like, uh, a new book comes out, uh, mostly, like, you know, hardcovers and collections and stuff that I want to catch up on, and then I remember mm-hmm. all the stuff that I haven't read yet, and I'm like, I have to put it off. Yes. I mean, talk about obscure, you know, indie stuff. I know I talked about this earlier in the podcast, and I'll, you know, mention it to you, is I found a pretty unusual comic book put out by the CDC, Center for Disease Control. And, you know, it's basically it's about how to prepare yourself in an, in an emergency. And it, the whole story t- is about a zombie apocalypse. Uh-huh. How to prepare yourself for a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. By the Center of Disease Controls, and the official, official comic book by them. And it's pretty, pretty cool. Any any known creators on it with like a history of anything or? Um, well, the writer was Maggie Silver, and huh. she done a couple children's books, and then the <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, 
pencil and the ink is by Bob Hobbs, who sent... No, and he has done just a few little things uh, here, you know, how to draw stuff, you know, drawing witches and their worlds and fantasy books and phoenixes and a lot of how to draw types of stuff. Nice, so he's, he's more on, like, the um, like the literary side of the, of the Yes. Fantasy. Yeah, cool. both of them. Same with, same with uh, Maggie Silver, both... Yeah. But it was kind of cool that the CDC actually put this out, and it is just a fun read. Nice, yeah. I uh, that that reminds me of uh, of the other dad that came out from uh, IDW a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's about uh, a zombie infestation, but it's animals. Like this this virus only affects animals. Ooh. And then like all of the animals in the world like are trying to kill the humans. <laughs> Oh, that'd be kind of cool to read. Yeah, I mean, I, to me. <laughs> I to, uh, yeah, I talked to the author, and he said uh, uh, the virus he researched was uh, was rabies. Okay. Because it's the it's I think it's the only virus that can uh, cross the blood barrier in the brain. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's the closest thing we have to an actual uh, zombie virus right now. Okay, I can see that. All right. Well, I know we've been on for a while. I'm just going to ask you, you know, is there, um, before we wrap up, any other titles you want to throw out real quick for our listeners that they should pick up and read right now today? Uh, yeah, Divinity. Okay, yes. Yes, good Divinity call. From, uh, from Valiant. The artwork's just gorgeous. The, it's, it's like a seriously, like, high-quality book. I love, uh, I love the production value on it. Uh, it feels really good in my hands. <laughs> yes, it is a good book. Definitely is. All right. Well, Gabriel, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, Red. All right, everyone. I have with me Jake. Jake, how's it going today? Good. How about you, Red? Oh, pretty well, thanks. So I got to ask, what do you have in your pull box? I've got a lot, but the main books that I pick up every month, we've got Think Tank, Symmetry, Postal, Nailbiter. Invincible, Walking Dead, and Outcast are probably my favorites that I get every month. Oh my gosh. Let's see. Everything's Image, and it's either Matt Hawkins or it's uh, Kirk uh, Wiseman. You mean Robert Kirkman? Or Robert Kirkman. Yeah, what am I thinking? <laughs> yeah. For the most part, uh, Nailbiter is really the only exception to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is the only exception. So, out of all of that stuff, what do you think, think is your top favorite? Um, I would probably go with uh, either Walking Dead mm-hmm. or Think Tank. Oh, Think Tank is pretty good. Actually, I think uh, the new issue just uh, is about ready to come out, if memory serves. I believe so. Yes, I think it's next Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, Matt Hawkins does a really good job with that. And uh, I want to say it's next August, if memory serves, that... He has a special issue coming out that's going to combine Symmetry, Think Tank, and, uh, gosh, what's the other one? Postal. Uh, Postal, yes. Yeah, Eden's Fall. Yep, Eden's Fall. That's it. And I'm really looking forward to that one. That's going to be pretty cool. Oh, so am I. Uh, I've actually been talking to Matt Mm -hmm. about the series for several months now, and I'm just so hyped for it. It's hard not to geek out every time I talk to him. 
Oh, I know. I talk to him every now and then too, and it's just like, "Come on, man, give me some spoilers for Eden's fall." He's like, "No." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he won't give me anything either. I know. He's like, "Come on, anything." So, how about Invincible? You got Invincible in your pull blocks? Yeah, that, oh. that was one of the ones I mentioned. Okay, I know Invincible is great. Now we just need to get Rusty. So far, everybody I've talked to today has mentioned Invincible. That's because it's awesome. It is. It really is. You know, and I just cannot wait for another. They need to make that bi-monthly. They really do. They yeah, they really do. Yes. So outside of Image, is there any titles that you read? Um, I am reading the current Civil War books. Okay. What are you thinking um, of it so far? Meh. I, I like a lot of the art that they're doing. Uh, the stories are quasi-interesting. It just doesn't have the same feel that the first one did. Correct. And that's what I was kind of hoping for. Yeah. It, is, it looks like they just threw it together because of the movie to make a quick buck. Exactly. Yeah. Which is exactly what they did. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Any DC titles in there? Uh, I am reading the all of the Batman titles mm-hmm. uh, for Rebirth. Those have all been really good. I'm really curious to see what they do with Clayface. That that will be interesting. I've actually not the first person to mention that as well. So we will be finding that out hopefully soon. And I actually picked up my first two Aquaman, Aquaman books ever. Oh, really? And what did you think month. of uh, The Man That Talks to Fish? Uh, wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um I mean, a big part of that was one of my favorite comic book writers is writing the series now. Yeah. That came out yesterday yet. All right. Uh, yeah, that yeah that was what, issue two that just popped out yesterday, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. So anything else in there that you'd like to throw out? Um, actually, one series that really surprised me was The Life After. The Life After. I'm not familiar with that one. Wayne, tell us about that. I believe that's IDW that does that. It's kind of a weird take of the afterlife. All right. Um, You've got the son of Jesus kind of in purgatory. Okay. And he's realizes that he has this power over the souls of everybody. And he starts releasing all of these people from purgatory and from hell. Hmm. And it's upsetting the whole balance of heaven and hell. Hmm, that sounds like an interesting storyline. How many issues deep is it? Um, I want to say like eight or twelve, something like that. That's not too bad, but a year or less. Yeah, uh, I know it was more than six. I'm pretty sure. That's good. So if somebody's interested in that, it's a nice time to jump in and do a little binge reading, catch up on it, and look forward to the next issue. Yeah. I believe it, the series is actually done now. Oh, okay, so it was a limited Yeah, actually, I just looked it up on Comixology. It is 10 issues. It's from Oni. All right. Okay, Oni. Okay, cool. Well, everybody, check that one out. I think I'm going to have to give it a read, too. It sounds like it'll be interesting. All right, Jake, but I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, hit them poll boxes. Catch up on your reading, man. Will do. <laughs> you have a great day, man. You too, Red. Thank All you. Right. All right, here I am with Mark. How you doing today? Oh, doing good. So I gotta ask you, what do you have in your pull box? Uh, well, I'm gonna lead off with my forever favorite Daredevil. It's been a staple comic, like, probably one of the first ones I ever picked up, and I continue to. So it's what I stick to. Uh, that one led me on to uh, Black Widow because of uh, the creative crew of Wade and Samney. So mm-hmm. love that duo. So that's been a great comic. Uh, 
recently, my favorite comic is Weird World, but that one ended. But uh, yeah. love that duo of Humphreys and Del Mundo on the creative side. And I'm probably going to start picking up Incredible. I'm oh, sorry. The Ami- what? The Hulk comic. What is it? The Astonishing Hulk now? Yeah. No, Totally Awesome yeah, Hulk. Totally awesome yeah, Totally Hulk. Awesome Hulk. <clears throat> like Del Mundo is going to be on that one. Mm-hmm. And Humphreys also does Star Lord. I love that one. So Star Lord's in the Paul box. Guardians of the Galaxy, which is on the border of being dropped right now, is just kind of not doing much for me. Yeah, every now um, and then you just have to, you know, drop it and walk away. Yeah, you know, I've been finding I just dropped Iron Man. Uh, Bendis is kind of driving me away from comics. Uh, I gotta say, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other comics I've got are uh, what was that list there? I've got. Invincible, of course, because that's just a great comic. Of course, who who doesn't read Invincible except for Rusty? <laughs> <laughs> what a silly guy! Um, oh yeah, and Transformers. Uh, just going back to my childhood, I always uh, you gotta love Transformers, but it's a really complex comic these days, so it's a great read uh-huh. uh, most of the time. And uh, Spider Man, but there's another one I'm just collecting because I always collected Spider Man uh, and Uncanny X Men, but. So any, partic- so any is, particular, uh, any particular oh, Spider-Man, or are you collecting all Spider-Man? Oh, just amazing. Just amazing. Just the core run, I think, as okay. I consider it, the core title. So, so how far not really back- a big Miles Morales fan. So yeah, neither am I. Uh, I, I, I that's the one of the titles I ended up dropping. Just like, nah, I can't do it. Yeah, I only read one. Yeah, and yeah, I've read the one. I was like, no, that's it. Thank you. I'll just pick up what I see on <laughs> Pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how far back do you go on the Spider-Man titles? Uh, well, there was this big gap I took in comic book collecting, but it was one of the first ones I collected at the same time. Uh, starting with, I'd have to use creators, but I can't remember numbers very well. But back when Eric Larson is the tail end of his run on it, and almost all of Mark Bagley's run. So that involved, included the first appearance of uh, Carnage, mm-hmm. and I also did Web of and Spectacular back in the day. Yeah. And the main thing. There's a lot of Spider-Man in my boxes, that's for sure. Now, you started off with Daredevil. Does that mean that's your favorite title? Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I collected all the old ones I could when I was a little kid mm-hmm. out of boxes and whatever else I could grab. Oh, so how far back does your collection go on Daredevil? Um, just to the tail end of Frank Miller and spotty areas here, I guess. Mm-hmm. So why Daredevil? Why? What is the appeal um, for our listeners out there that um, you might want to draw them into Daredevil? What is the appeal for you that you like it so much? Uh, I've liked a lot of the artwork in it, and also just the um, the stories don't have to be on a great cosmic scale or anything like that. It's about a guy who does what he can to help somebody in need. You know, that's that's always done it for me. That it doesn't have to be saving the universe. It could be saving a kid for some punks or something like that, or mm-hmm. trying to help one guy out and it's just you know going all that effort and putting himself through everything just to better the lives of a few people. But it's important still that someone. That's all we are. It's just individual people, but yeah. It's kind of more more relatable than oh for sure yeah that one was done well I don't enjoy everything Daredevil like that movie that I'll never mention again but uh, yeah the Netflix was done great yeah yeah they definitely did it well so I just want to thank you for your time Mark really appreciate it and uh, I'm glad you listened to the podcast and keep pulling those comics great thanks for having me all right you have a good day keep up the show thanks yeah thanks. All right, so I have with me Vinny. Vinny, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going well. How about for you? Oh, doing wonderful. Thanks. So I gotta ask you, what is it that you enjoy reading right now? Uh, well, right now I, I you know, I, I'm a big fan of your show, 
And well, thank uh, you. since uh, listening to the show, I, I finally have uh, gone and started to pick up on the Star Wars comics, uh, specifically the 2015 Star Wars that uh, just came out. Uh, well, I guess I can't say just came out, but it, <laughs> it was done by Marvel yep. uh, when they first picked up the uh, the Star Wars uh, uh, line. And uh, I'm enjoying it right now. It's, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome story. It really is. Now, are you reading just the Star Wars line, or are you also reading all of the um, off stuff, like uh, Darth Vader and all of the uh, five shots that have been putting out there? Well, I am definitely aiming to read Darth Vader. Uh, okay. Because I, I heard that uh, you guys were all speaking very highly of it on, mm-hmm. on the shows. So once I get through uh, this set of comics, um, I'm going to hop over and, and read Darth Vader. Okay, now a lot of that stuff does tie in together. Uh, it's coming up to issue 25, which will be the end of the series, and then it's all going to flow straight into uh, the current series as it is right now. So the basic gist of it was it was planned that way. So, you know, think of it this way. At the end of, the, uh, of a New Hope movie, we had the Death Star blow up, all right? That's not going to put Darth Vader in very good graces with the Emperor, right? Definitely he kind of screwed up. So in The Empire Strikes Back, why is he in good graces with him when he shouldn't be? Uh, well, I, I'm assuming that uh, eventually I'll learn all about that in these comics. Yes, and that <laughs> is what the Darth Vader story arc is all about, is how he was able to redeem himself after A New Hope into Empire Strikes Back. And that's going to be really cool to read. I, I mean, I, I know that from some of the older stuff, uh, the Emperor always had sort of side henchmen uh, that Darth Vader didn't necessarily know about. So mm-hmm. it's nice that uh, the new Marvel series is picking up on that sort of storyline. Uh, it'll be interesting to, to read about it and, and see where they take it. Mm-hmm. And speaking of side stuff, you know, they have all these side issues going. They have uh, Lando, Princess Leia, Chewbacca. Uh, they had a one-issue shot with C-3PO. I don't know if you had picked that one up yet or not. No, I'm I'm way behind. So as oh. now, I'm, I'm finishing, up. and I kind of like it that way because mm-hmm. uh, for me, having to wait that time for the next series to come out is always like, oh my goodness, I just read a comic <laughs> and wait all this time for the next one. Yes. Uh, so being able to binge it, sort of like uh, Netflix, is something that I, I'm I'm a big fan of. So I'm enjoying being able to read these comics at at my speed. And I have a lot to, to get through, but um, I'm going to get there. Yep. No, I love binge reading myself. It is just something so nice to have a full set of something and sit down and read it in one shot. It's just so enjoyable. De- definitely. I mean, especially when you can sort of sit outside, sit on sit on a nice, like, bench and just read away, ha- sip a drink. You know, it's, it's uh, very relaxing and, and uh, a great way to uh, spend your free time. See, now, there's where you and I may differ because I just cringed a little bit. (laughs) Because when I read my books, it's got to be indoors. The table has to have, you know, been disinfected with the spray and no food, no drink around the comics, clean hands. Now I can read. (laughs) Uh, To each their own, that's what I always say. Because I'm on my iPad. I have my my Marvel Unlimited, and I'm just swiping away at the pages. Gotcha. Focusing in on pages. 
And you know, I mean, I'm talking about Coca-Cola and putting it on the side, not necessarily uh, spilling it onto my onto my iPad. So. <laughs> okay. Now I, I'll admit, I do read on the iPad, iPhone at on time, especially if there's an issue that I'm missing, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm missing one issue in this series, and I'm binge reading, so it's like, okay, Comicology, Ooh, there it is. <laughs> I'm saved. I don't have to wait for uh, eBay to ship something to me. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. No, I mean that, that that's always a tough thing. I mean that it's the same thing with television shows and and trying to to keep up with with waiting that week for the next episode to come out. So uh, with uh, TV, it's it's one week. With comics, I guess sometimes it varies, right? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, so I see that you're really enjoying the Star Wars. With that being said, do you have plans on doing some binge reading of the 1977 Star Wars series? So yes, I would like to go back and, and read that stuff. So yes, I, I, on the on Marvel, I saw that they have classic Star Wars listed on there. Yes. So uh, definitely the the new stuff uh, has caught my eye the most, and I especially with the the way that the issue number one started, I felt that it really had a good grasp of the Star Wars feeling between having some jokes, having some action, having, you know, a, a, a very, very uh, bad Darth Vader uh, to go along with everything. So, and I mean bad in a good way. Uh, so it, it's uh, definitely going to uh, keep me going. I've gotten a few, uh, you know, issues in. I'm going to keep going. I'm liking how the storyline is. And, and, uh, at some point, I will go back and, and read the classic ones. Cool. Yeah, now, that's one of the things that I do have to say about Star Wars, especially like the first um, movie, A New Hope. It was very comic booky. So to have it in an actual comic book written and drawn well as it is now is very refreshing, very nice to see, and to see that they're picking up right where A New Hope left off is just so nice. So we're going to have a lot of issues and a lot of things going straight up and into... Uh, the Force Awakens, which they've already actually released a For Force Awakens uh, issue uh, not too long ago either. That's right, and y you know what, Force Awakens, I'm going to wait for all of them to get released before reading that. So, yes. So, but uh, you know, I, I, the storyline of a movie is what type of new stuff will they reveal in there? So that's going to be really exciting to see if if the comics will reveal any new thoughts to the characters, any new additional scenes that we didn't see in the movie. Mm -hmm. so, so that will be exciting. I know what what is exciting to, for me though is like that one shot of a C three PO, so we get the backstory to learn how he got the red arm. Oh, that's right, that's right. So that is going to be in the comic. It's actually already out. It's a one shot issue, uh, just titled C three PO. And you get to learn how and why he has the red arm. That's really, really cool. I knew that was coming out at some point, but I did not realize it's already out there. Yes. But I am going to have to say that I, I think I'm just going to hold my guns and keep going <laughs> straight forward and not hop good. around. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. So we got a movie coming out in December. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be exciting. I'm sure we're going to see a whole new uh, comic series based off of that. I certainly hope so. That that's going to be a, a big uh, property for Disney, uh, and as long as it holds to what the previews look like, I mean, for me, the previews look absolutely amazing. And I don't know uh, how many of you have gone to a movie theater and seen the preview in 3D, but it was amazing. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine uh, the types of uh, comic stills that we will see when they come out with uh, you know Rogue One comics. 
Yep, it was. It is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Vinny. Well, that's going to wrap everything up for today. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes for us to talk about some of the comics that you're enjoying. Um, I see that you're a huge Star Wars fan, which has to also you know lead me into the fact that you also collect Star Wars uh, tops. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody listening, uh, what's your user ID? Viney78. Viney78. Go to the uh, Star Wars car trader on tops. Find uh, Vinny78 and. Do some trades with them. And also check out your podcast, which is... The, the Digital X-Trader podcast. The, yes, the Digital X-Trader. Really great stuff on that. Check it out. And, man, thank you so much for your time again today. Thank you for yours. All right. You have a good one, man. You too. All right. Bye. <laughs>
but my grandfather uh, was a huge book collector and huge uh, Batman fan, and he had it in his collection. So when I was in high school, I used to go over to his house and uh, I'd skim through his books until I found something I looked at. He's my personal library, basically. Um, and so I was over there one day and I'm skimming through the books and I ran across Batman Nightfall and I said, well, this looks pretty, pretty epic. So I grabbed it, um, went home and it's not a very long book. The comics are, are way longer. Uh, but I, I went home and read, I think it was like 300 pages, maybe something like that. Um, uh, and read it in like two days. Um, and so that was my, how I originally found out about Nightfall and then later on read the comics. But, uh, in the beginning, that's how I discovered Batman Nightfall. And I want to say, did Greg Rucka write the novel? I want to say he did. Could Probably. He does a lot of those. I know, those he did, novels. I know he did like Batman No Man's Land, which is another one I picked up from my grandfather and read. Which, yeah. And then I went back and read No Man's Land as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyways, that's that's kind of how I discovered it. It's a, it's a different, unique way, I, I think, of, uh, of finding it. So, And I still have the book to this day, because after he passed, I raided his collection and grabbed all the books i wanted in uh batman nightfall is one that i grabbed all right for me batman nightfall i remember i was stationed in japan when it came out and i remember picking it up at the local navy mini mart and of course they were always three four months behind in the, in the issues and we're just you know me and this other group of guys we we're just reading them and reading them. It's like oh my gosh this is so cool and we had to go on a deployment and we were on our way to uh, – we are doing a lot of different things. And one of the places that we stopped at was in Australia. And I want to say there was about eight of us. The first thing we did when we got out, out off the ship was we went to a little mini mart and started asking about um, where some local comic book stores are. Is there any out here? And this guy was really nice. He's like, yeah, actually, I do. Here is the directions to one. Here's the bus you need to get, go on and go out and get it. And what's funny, what's funny was, is while my buddies were doing their thing, I went ahead and bought a scratcher, a, an Australian scratcher. And I won 250 Australian dollars, which was equivalent to about 400 American dollars. And I'm just like, all right, I got pocket money now. So we went on this bus, got lost. I mean, terribly lost. We're like in outback area, okay? All you see is this red dirt, sand, kangaroos type of stuff everywhere. Like, uh, we did something wrong. Heading back, we finally found the comic book store the very next day. They had all the pretty much a month behind all the Nightfall stuff, as well as a bunch of other Superman things that were reading at the time, too. And it was just like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, we can catch up on Nightfall. That was like the big thing back then. And I had that spending money on me. I was like, I bought literally like two short boxes full of comics in Australia. And wow. yeah. And of course I had no place to put them on the ship. And that was a whole nother separate story. But anyways, <laughs> that is my, my introduction. I fall and I'll never forget that because of Australia, you know, it's just one of those fun stories that I have just being there. It's like, Oh my gosh. And here we finally get back to Japan and we have, you know, issues that haven't even come out in the mini mart yet. Yeah. So anyways. Wow. That's cool. Such yeah. varying stories that are also like, but it's, it's good. I'm glad I've, I, I'm glad I chose something that all four of us have actually read. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, what a story. I mean, 
the first time again it's it's one of those things like death of superman where you know it, it happens even like rusty now who's reading it but i'm sure he's getting he gets to that moment where like bruce is in his manner and he's like opening the watch the, the little you know the, his his clock and then bane's there and he's like oh you know he turns out he knows who he is all this stuff and bruce is like oh shit oh shit man like he, he found out who i am and they have this huge fight um is really cool and then bane tosses him onto the streets and he's like here's your guardian um he tosses uh, him off the roof it's ridiculous it's, it's wild like i'm you know comic book survival roots no, that was the whole thing. Like just the buildup with Bane to that first moment, yeah. the first fight, it was ridiculous. Yeah. There were so many issues that you had oh, to read. Yeah. They were just like, when yeah. is this fight gonna finally happen? Yeah. And Bane, they made Bane a badass. I'm, I mean, it was oh, an introduction yeah. of the character, yeah. and they hit a home run with the character. He was intimidating, and he seemed like someone that would be, you know, a match for Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Aside yeah. from the mullet, they hit it, or the ponytail. He had the yeah. ponytail going. Yeah. yeah. So, aside from yeah. that, yeah. hey man, that was back 90s. when Magneto had a ponytail. Um, I think everybody had a ponytail. Everyone yeah, had yeah. a ponytail Everyone or a head so, headpiece. Rusty, when you were when since you and some of them still some of us still do have a ponytail, right, Rusty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Rusty, since you just read this semi recently, as you were reading it. Did you were you reading Bane's voice as Tom Hardy since that was probably your only real interaction with Bane at that point? Not at all. Um, that nice. was the thing, like because it, what his real name's like Cortez or something. He was like S- South Central he's, American. He's from Santa Prisca, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was right sitting now. there, and the, the one in the Batman movie is like a British voice, and I'm just like, this doesn't make any yeah. sense. So I had that, that didn't make any sense to me at all. I did not read it in that voice at all. If anything, he kind of had like a, um, a a Latin accent. You just pictured him as like the Lucha Libre or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I mean, that's clearly an inspiration. It's but... an oversized Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but like you mentioned, Rusty. I mean, Bane's fallen off the. He's fallen off the track. I don't know if it's all the venom he's been taking, but he used to be a smart guy. Like he was, he was planning huge things with Batman, and I mean, he outplanned Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brought him to the point of exhaustion. Yeah, um, and then and we the had storyline. Uh, the, the the idea behind it was just brilliant to you know yeah. release all these prisoners and just to have them start wearing him down. It was just yeah. a brilliant concept. Run him through a huge gauntlet. Yeah, absolutely. And then we had uh, our uh, John Paul Valley, crazy, insane Batman with like his super techno suit. Get the claws. Yeah, you got. <laughs> you guys know who Joe Casada is. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, he, exactly. he he actually designed that suit. I don't know if you guys know that, but really? um, yeah, he was working at DC at the time, and he designed that suit. And every artist gave him trouble for it because it was a super like uh, super '90s suit with all like the sharp points and stuff. Yeah, the suit today back then was kind of cool. Today you look at it, it's kind of like yeah, yeah. that it's was like, the thing, man. I was reading it that <laughs> that first time, and I was just like, God. Real looks like a mess. I think that's yeah. the suit they used in Gotham. I'm just saying, when they brought in Azrael in Gotham, I think that should have been the suit they used. See, the suit reminds me of a Liefeld drawing. It was yeah. cool back in the day. Ridiculously exaggerated in every way. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and then it ends up with uh, I think it was night. It was Nightfall, Night Quest, 
and then Night End. Uh, yes. Night's End. Yep. Yeah, and we had uh, Bruce doing his like pull-ups and all that stuff, getting out of the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a. It's just a huge saga if you look at it. It's unbelievable that the writer. I mean, it was Chuck Dixon. I know was working on it. Um, Tap might know some of oh, Doug yeah. Doug Munch. I think might have been doing it as well. Yeah. But man, the brainstorming these guys must have done and. And it was cool how they wrote for, like, every character. They had, like, yeah. all the big names involved. But I'll say the villain that stood out the most to me, besides, you know, everyone's, like, Joker, but uh, Scarecrow. Scarecrow in it was yes. great, man. He had yeah, a big part in it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just it gave the background of him and everything. I didn't know anything about Scarecrow until I read that, and right after I read it, I was like, oh, I want to go read more Scarecrow stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at it. It's like 51 issues that it encompassed. It was like, it was a lot. And it was a crossover between so many different things, too. Yeah, yeah. And it referenced a lot of the old stuff, too. Like, he kept going back to um, uh, Robin dying and stuff and how we had, uh, was it Tim Drake? Yeah. And so uh, it was interesting how. Yeah, and it was interesting how that Robin had to deal with living in the shadow of previous Robin. And then, yeah, yeah, I mean, and it was cool because he really, really, really did not want to go to Nightwing. And, you know, eventually he shows up anyway, but he doesn't do anything. And you had, like, you had, you had, yeah, you had Tim Drake dealing with John Paul Valley. And I think there was an issue, too, I remember he fought uh, Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. which was yep. really sweet. I remember that issue. I also yep. remember for some reason, I don't know why there was like an issue where Zaz has like, he's holding a bunch of like female, female students hostage or something. Yeah. In uh, the school. Yeah. I don't know why that just, kept, that just stuck in my memory, but it did. That um, was one of those weird, that was an intimidating moment there whenever he had them all. And it's like, what is this guy going to do? Because like, yeah. They kind of made it seem uh, sorry, but it kind of seemed rapey at first, and yeah. then yeah, I don't know what it is, but Victor Zaz is one of those uh, Batman villains that scares the shit out of me. I think because person like that that character truly exists somewhere in this yep. world, and there's probably multiples yep. of him. Um, yep. So I think maybe that's why, because it's hit so close to home. You know, it's a potential possibility. Uh, but that character scares the hell out of me. Like, it's such a creep. If it's written correctly, it's such a creepy character. Yeah, if it wasn't for Batman Nightfall, um, that was a pretty big success for them, I guess, and led off to, God, every every other, like, three, every three months it seemed like there was a Batman crossover lately. Mm-hmm. You gotta um, You gotta think about it, though. It got shut down kind of quickly when Death of uh, Superman came out. Oh, yeah. Well... Yeah, it was like, you know, Death of Superman. You had Nightfall. You had Emerald Twilight. Uh huh. Just everything was being being shaken up. Yeah. But but that final issue where Bane, Bane breaks his back. I mean, that's just one cover that you just never forget. You love that yep. cover. You know, yep. half of it half of it's covered with that little you the know flap. half page. Yeah, yeah, that flap. Yeah. And you get then you open it up and you see that whole picture and it's just like. <gasps> Yeah. yeah, Kelly Jones a, art. That's yeah, Kelly Jones that, that never leaves you. Super yeah, Kelly Jones, I think, theme. did all of the covers for yeah. that series. Yeah, he was cranking them out. Yeah, the super yeah. huge, super like mega Jack, just taking his steroids. were taking steroids on those <laughs> Kelly Jones covers. <laughs> I will say, some weird covers though were the ones with like uh, poison ivy and stuff. 
uh, I don't know what it was, just about her body or something, but it it always came off as yeah. awkward to me. Yeah. Uh, Guest artist, Lightfield. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I thought that was a good classic to talk about. I, I kind of want to reread it now, but... Uh, they now make me want to reread it. <laughs> good it's luck. such a task. <laughs> it's such a task to reread it. At least maybe like the actual stuff until his back is broken. And then after that, I could live with not rereading that again. Yeah, yeah. John Paul being an angry... Yeah, he 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 loses his mind and he starts seeing like the Saint Dumas or whatever. Uh, he he's a wild character. Yeah, was excited like, to see that through half of it. You just want to like kind of just be like push him and be like, "What are you I doing?" Know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him in Detective Comics. Now, speaking of the covers, it just had a flashback. It's like the one cover where. Uh, Nightwing is Batman, you know, takes down Bane finally. You know, he has holds him by the his shirt or something like that, and, and he's right over him. They made like I want to say a few different variations of that, not for the single issue, but throughout the series. I'm talking about Jean Paul holding him. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. The, now I got it. Now I really want to research it because I just remember now there was like I want to say three or four different, you know, similar covers just like that of one person holding another person, you know, type of thing, but there was always different people. Hmm. Now we got to say this right before we end it, the Jean Paul battle with Bane looked a lot easier than the Bruce Wayne battle. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He he like cut him a few times with the claw and then it was like, well, he kept upgrading his suit to the point where it was like a, like a, like a transformer or he, he was like iron man tony like stark with john paul Hulk buster yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was a bane buster suit basically yeah basically yeah. as bruce was like yeah i'll keep it simple with my utility belt but yeah that was a that was great little nostalgia blast there and if you guys haven't read nightfall geez rusty's read it so go and do it um those like those those thick trade paperbacks are like 20 bucks you get like 700 pages worth of gold in my opinion yeah, or uh, just go to we, comicology yeah you know, that's another resource you can use do that too. too i'm pretty sure it's even cheap it's probably like 13 <coughs> bucks on comicsology those thick books i know they're on there i know for a fact they are but uh, if you haven't read nightfall go do it it's a it's definitely a classic Time again, ladies and gentlemen, for the comic book releases for July 13th, 2016. And we're going to go ahead and start off with DC Comics, and we will be seeing Action Comics number 959, with a variant cover being offered for that. You'll also be getting Batman number one, second printing variant cover. You'll get Dark and Bloody number six, this is part six of six, as well as DC Comics Bombshells number 15. You'll also be getting Detective Comics 936 with a variant cover being offered and Earth 2 Society issue number 14. We'll have Flash number 2 with a variant cover being offered and Green Arrow number 1 second printing variant as well as Green Lantern's number 1 second printing variant. I'll have available for you Hal Jordan the Green Lantern's Corpse Rebirth number 1 with a variant cover. Legion of Wonder Woman number 8. This is issue 8 of 9. New Spider-Man number 1. Did I say Spider-Man? I meant new Superman number one. Sorry, folks, this is DC. (laughs) But it's going to have a variant cover for that. As well as Nightwing Rebirth number one with a variant cover. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Number 71. 
as well as Superman number one second printing variant. You'll be getting Wacky Raceland number two with a second variant and Wonder Woman number two with a variant as well. And that wraps up DC. Now let's go on over to Marvel because I know you all want to know what's going on over there, right? We'll have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number seven. All new X-Men number 11 with a variant cover. Civil War 2 issue 3 part 3 of 7 with four variant covers being offered. Civil War 2 Amazing Spider-Man number 2 part 2 of 4 with a variant cover as well as Civil War 2 Choosing Sides number 2 2 of 6 with a variant cover and Civil War 2 Gods of War number 2 part 2 of 4 with a variant cover as well. Wow, a lot of variants. Let's see what other ones we got. Daredevil number 9 with a variant. We'll be seeing Deadpool number 15 with two variants. Guardians of the Galaxy number 10 with a variant. Gwenpool number 4 with two variants. We'll also have Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number 10. You'll get New Avengers number 13 with a variant. Old Man Logan number 8 with a variant. You'll have Power Man and Iron Fist number 6 with a variant. Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 7. Silk number 10. You'll have Totally Awesome Hulk Volume 1 trade paperback coming out. You'll get True Believers All New All Different Adventures Cyclone number one. True Believers Daredevil Practice to Deceive number one. True Believers Uncanny Avengers to Bagolia Job number one. Vision number nine. Web Warriors number nine. And that wraps up Marvel and all of their variants as well. But it is time, folks, to go to Image Comics and see what they got. We have Birthright number 17, December 13. Image first. I Hate Fairyland number one, Image First Monstrous number one, and Image First Paper Girls number one. You'll also be getting Miller World Annual number 2016 number one, Mirror number five, Morning Glories number 50 with cover A, B, C, and D being offered for that. And we'll have Violent number five, and finally Wicked and the Divine number 21 with a variant cover for that being offered as well. Man, I hope you all have a lot of pocket change because there's a lot of variants going on for you variant collectors. But that's going to wrap up Red's weekly releases for this week. Stay tuned to see what else we have for you. Swallow that blue pill. We've come to the end of another show. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Four Guys in a Comic podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. As the summer heat picks up, we want to know what keeps you cool. Drop us a line on Facebook, keyword four guys in a comic, or tweet us a line at the number four guys in a comic. You can check out our photos on Instagram and also on our website, fourguysinacomic.com. Till next time.